Hello, film lovers, and welcome to the Films I Love Most podcast. The Films I Love Most podcast is recorded live with live messaging. So sometimes people do message in with very inappropriate comments. We can't help that. It's just the general public. So if you hear something that is offensive or rude, we try our best to put a stop to it, but it might just sneak through. So I do apologize for that. But anyway, let's move on. Enjoy this episode of the Films I Love Most podcast. Hello film lovers and welcome to the place where anything can happen. Yes, hold on to your hats. It's time for the Films I Love Most podcast live. Hello. All hail the great Chewbacca. <laughs> All hail the great Jabba, I hope you know. Thank you very much. Jabba. I'm just saying, this is, also the, <laughs> this is also the episode where they realize the true greatness of Chewbacca and he becomes one of their gods. No, wait, it's C-3PO that becomes their god. No, they also <laughs> they like Chewbacca. They like Chewbacca. They, um, yeah, they sort of... You know, they're they're like little mini versions of him, really, aren't they? If you think yeah. about well, it, well, I mean, like little tiny. I know <laughs> it, it's only for the three people that are here. Hi, what's up, Woo Hustle, Ricky Rum, and Dragon Ball? And I, I want to know, does that bother anybody when you get called out your name for being in the room? Because it makes me crazy. I get nervous and I leave immediately when I hear they say my name. Is like, what? Sarvazadi was here. How do they know I'm listening to this? And I run away. But I do want to say hi to the first four people who showed up for some reason today. Um. Oh hi, Ricky. Ricky Rum. Hello, Rick. Ricky K. There's a lot of Rickies. What's going on? All the Rickies are oh, in the house. Well, I we, we're having a Ricky. It's a, it's it's a it's a Ricky show. Like uh, we call it the Ricky show. <laughs> uh, but um, it's a risky show. Originally, this you know everybody knows Revenge of the Jedi when it was still a Revenge. Uh, this planet mm. of Ewoks was going to be Kashik, and we were going to actually see the land of the the land of the Wookie. So it would have been all all Chewbacca's, which would have given me, like, cute, cuddly Chewbacca overload. Wow. Well, yes, because this film was originally... Oh, by the way, hello, everybody. Hello, Starburns. How are you? <laughs> this <Huh>? is <laughs> The Return of the Jedi uh, Watch Along. Uh, we have done every film so far, right from uh, Phantom Menace all the way through. We've even done the two spin-off films, Rogue One and Solo, and now we have arrived at the last film in the original trilogy, uh, Return of the Jedi. And it was originally called Revenge of the Jedi. And if anyone out there has any merchandise with Revenge of the Jedi on it, uh, you're loaded. You might as well have won the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> you are loaded! <sighs> but, uh, yeah, it's worth a lot of money, anything with Revenge of the Jedi on it, because they even went so far as to make the Poster. figures with that packaging 
But then I think George Lucas sort of sat down and thought to himself, hang on a minute. The Jedis are meant to be like this peaceful, um, you know, group of warriors. Uh, they don't necessarily feel revenge. So we might have to change that. They are. But, um, they're not as revengey. Yeah. They're not as revengey in, in this film. And also, the first director approached to direct Return of the Jedi was David Lynch. And that blows my mind. Can you imagine? Can you imagine those scenes? Oh, God. That would have been so scary. Did you watch the thing with the monkey? Yeah. (laughs) I love the thing with the monkey. Well, I don't remember. I I don't remember what it's called, but just imagine the thing with a monkey. But that was that's the conversation between uh, the the, the, between uh, Princess Leia dressed as a bounty hunter and Jabba. Um, and just yeah, <laughs> that Gungan you like is coming back in style. <laughs> that uh, that's like the lie. That is, that is very very funny. That is very very funny. <laughs> I see what you but did also, there. Can you, thank you. Can you imagine also like the scenes? I mean, there would be, have been a twenty-minute scene with uh, the dancer. You know, the dancer that's um, oh, that yeah, Jabba has as his prisoner. Oh, She'd yeah. be dancing with blue lights say, behind her. Yeah, you would have never. You would have still that 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 that, that special scene that uh, that uh, Lucas put in for this, which is one of those added scenes, would have been a whole different scene that they would have put in, and it would have been very eerie and sexy, but also um, really creepy. Yeah, the Lynch was put in a car by Lucasfilm. Uh, or 20th Century Fox, put in a car, driven to a secret location, and told there and then what uh, by George Lucas what it was all about. From, so for the whole car journey, he had no idea where he was going or what he was being asked to do. And then they said, we want you to direct the third Star Wars movie, Return of the Jedi. And apparently he went, ah, oh, thanks, but no. Nah. So, okay, nah, so, let's, <laughs> so let's think about this at the, the time frame here, right? So this is... This is um, circa Return of the Jedi comes out in, what, 83? 83, yeah. So that means they're shooting like 81, 82, right? Uh, mm-hmm. It's probably a couple years for shooting the show, a movie like this. So you're talking very, very early Lynch. So what does he have? Maybe the Elephant Man out by then? Maybe Eraserhead? Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably um, Blue Velvet, I think, maybe, maybe been that- out by this time. Oh, that feels, I mean, it feels early, but I could be wrong. Like everything with his time frames, everything's probably a little bit different. Let's see. We'll go back a little bit and kind of look at the time frame. Blue Velvet was 86. Dune was 86. Oh, okay. So all he mm. had out, the, his big, his big two movies. So Eraserhead and Elephant Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and he's being asked to make Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah. So that's an interesting one. You also look at what's going on at the time. You know, with Lucas, between Lucas and Steven Spielberg and all that stuff. And he is going to make that jump towards Dune for 84, which could be what he turned down to do this. So he did kind of move from a desert movie to a different kind of desert movie. Yeah, but Dune is the only film with Lynch's that I really struggle with. Yeah, well, that's one that everybody does, because I think that so you kind of know. But if you think about Dune and what you got out of Dune, um, you would have probably struggled with uh, Return of the Jedi because it wouldn't have not been doing no (laughs) yeah no totally well i'm glad that he turned it down because i think that 
um, you know, there's been trailers made on YouTube and you guys can go and uh, have a look if you want to. But there's a Mary Poppins trailer in the style of David Lynch. And it's oh, terrifying. They're so terrifying. I can imagine what. Yeah. So I can imagine what um, what Return of the Jedi is like. Well, uh, just, thank you for everyone for joining. Go on. Sorry. Oh, nothing. I was just imagining like some of those scenes where you just see like a ghost and you like look at Darth Vader's face and all of a sudden like a demon starts screaming behind it. And I'm like, I don't want to. Uh, electricity. Every, every time Palpatine. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if you got a shot of the Emperor sitting on his throne and then Bob from Twin Peaks is just like, behind it. Yeah, peeking uh, out. Uh, <laughs> I want my balls, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah, if there's any character that's going to eat Garvin Gozio, it's going to be Jabba the Hutt just scooping it out of his oh, yeah, little trough oh, next to him. Oh, yeah, just, he's got a whole trough of Garvin Gozio <laughs> just spit up by the uh, Sarlacc. All right, everybody. Yeah. Well, everybody that's mm-hmm. here, we're very excited to have you. We're very excited to get everybody going. It is time to watch The Return of the Jedi. So if you are yeah. like... Uh, uh, Keith and I, you have uh, Disney Plus, and you're about to watch it on your Disney Plus, which will give you the most current version of whatever uh, version Lucas has put out or Disney. So this would be this special edition plus minus, whatever that is. But if you are watching um, uh, and you have a DVD or a VHS or um, you have this on Laserdisc, you watch yours. We may get out <laughs> a little bit because obviously you will miss some of the dance sequences that have been added to the special edition. Uh, however, we will, we will do time checks throughout this process. If you don't have uh, access to Return of the Jedi or you aren't watching around, you should still stick around. We're going to be talking the whole time. Just because we're watching the movie doesn't mean we're not going to be talking about other random things. This is mostly oh, a celebration yeah. of these movies and using kind of the watch along to kind of promote and support and talk about individual pieces of these movies. Um, please feel free to ask questions bring your insights when did you watch return of the jedi first uh what's your fate you know we're talking mostly we're going to talk mostly about return of the jedi here we you know we'll probably you, you know if you have empire or original trilogy questions bring those in we'll probably hold off on a lot of the conversations around the new trilogy for later unless mm-hmm. it directly re- applies to return of the jedi so um but please have fun we're, we're here to just enjoy and uh, and watch a movie together yeah, I can't wait for this one because you do know that this is going to be the shortest podcast of all time because I'm, I'm going to turn it off after 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is, this is the one that Keith has only watched to the job of the hut, so we, he really doesn't know how yeah. to Well, yeah, I mean, it wasn't until sort of my mid to late teens that I actually went past the job of the hut sequence and watched yeah. the rest of the movie because when yeah. I was a kid, when Jabba the hut died, that was it. That was it. I didn't, I didn't want to know. I didn't want to know what, what happened next. Jabba was dead. That's, Who cared? Oh, it's so awesome. That's so <laughs> funny. That's so funny. All right. Well, we okay. got one message in here we should play, and then you want to get going? We wanna, we wanna, we oh, yeah, start. absolutely. My my finger is hovered over the remote. So let's play. Right. Here we go. Oh, hello. Got this new messaging thing going on. C-3PO is a god. C-3PO oh, is a god. C-3PO is a god. Fair enough. Right then, um, Star Wars fans, are you ready? If you're watching it on Disney+, Plus, we're about to start. Uh, make sure your disc is in. Make sure your VHS tape, as Starburns mentioned. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. 
fair enough, 2021, but never mind. Um, and here we go. Three, two, one. Return of the Jedi. I love it. You can start my TV it. from the UK. It's so weird. But... <laughs> I know, right? Okay. Dun, dun, dun. All right, I'm going to leave it to you gonna... because you, read, you, you get to read the, uh, the, 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 the title stuff, and so I'm going to leave that to right, you. I've, I've never done this well. You know that. <laughs> I've never done it well. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Lucasfilm and da 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 da. I missed the old version of that. Thing. I still did so. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. I think you're slightly ahead. How are you ahead? I don't know. Here you started my TV. I know. <laughs> Star Wars. Here we go, guys. Oh, you've yeah. paused my TV. Oh, did I pause Episode... your TV? Yeah, you can pause my TV so I can catch catch up with you but we're, we're fine we're <laughs> episode six return of the jedi luke skywalker has returned to his home planet of tatooine in an attempt to rescue his friend han solo from the clutches of the evil vile gangster jabba the hut whoop, whoop. Uh, little does luke know that the galactic empire has secretly begun construction on a new armored space station even more powerful than the first dreaded Death Star. When completed, this ultimate weapon will spell certain doom for the small band of rebels struggling to restore freedom to the galaxy. Yeah, nice. Oh. So there's two questions oh, that, that I got in there. Is one, <laughs> they just started it, like because it seems like it'd take a while to buy, but I guess it's been ten years. But I gotta say, construction projects in this empire are a lot like China. They can get shit up fast. Like you, yeah. Struggle to get like a an add on to their house in Los Angeles made because there's so many rules. <laughs> but like the Empire doesn't have to wait for that kind of stuff. They just start construction and go. And two, do you really want need one that's even more powerful? Like if it still only blows up one planet at a time, what's the point? It's like getting turbo on your Porsche if you don't ever plan on going over sixty. Well, when I when I think of them saying even more powerful, I just think that they've nailed a block of wood over that port. That was used to blow it up in the first one. Yeah, it's even more powerful. <laughs> How much more powerful? Six times more powerful. What does that mean? Powerful. I don't know. Yeah, we've just, just not added stronger. the. We've just not added the little hole that caused it to be destroyed before. Last um, time it was eighty percent is... meteors, and now it's going to only be forty percent meteors and sixty percent space <laughs> dust. Space dust. How much of a narcissist is Vader? I bet he designed those helmets for those uh, guys. They look exactly like the same style as his helmet. He's like, I want everyone to be uniform. Everyone, okay? You're all going to look like me. <laughs> all right? That's all I'm going to say. But these <laughs> things are beautiful. <laughs> these you things are beautiful. Do you think he would get mad if there was somebody else in the Star Wars universe or like in the Empire that also had a breathing apparatus that sounded different? Or he'd be like, jealous, like, your breathing sounds cooler. Yeah, no, I think he's faking it anyway for disability. So I just think that he'll just be like, oh, it's just give a little nod. It's just for his, uh, <laughs> his, uh, his handicap sticker that he puts on his, yeah. on his tie. So fighter. he can park his, yeah, he can park his tie fighter in a disabled spot. Totally. He gets front seat um, at uh, Moss Eisley. Yeah. <laughs> I like I've, these things are so much brighter than I remember them being. Because when I was a kid, we used to have the VHS version. Obviously, it was quite dark. But obviously, right. they the, the, when they digitalized it, 
it's so much brighter and you can sort of see the faces of every, you know, sort of bit part British actor that is standing in those, right. the lines of, 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 um, of the Imperial Army. Yeah. This is one of my favorite intros to any of these movies. I love this one that it kind of comes and starts with the bad guys more than, yeah. you know, it doesn't really uh, do this in any of the other movies. Where it kind of really starts with the Empire and from Vader's point of view, you know, it normally starts with the uh, with the good guys, um, and I, yeah. I think there's probably some exceptions I just can't think of right off the top of my head right now. But I really enjoy that this one kind of has this like entire kind of setup like this, and I, I enjoyed it as a kid too because I like the ship that you haven't really ever seen before um, that he he kind of comes in and uh, and it feels very formal like you're in this bigger bigger like bigger place uh, more so than yeah. most of the other ones where they're a little more confined um i really enjoyed how this one started uh because oh feels yeah very dangerous and like it it, it adds a, like a nice a bit of gravitas for the emperor oh totally and fyi i just spotted two actors in that lineup uh anthony daniels c3po was him playing himself in that lineup and also jeremy bullock again from who's Boba Fett. Those two were standing <laughs> in that lineup. He's like, so listen, they... we're going to kill you, but we got some extra scenes for you. So just stick around. We got you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. One I... of the things that I want a little bit of trivia that most people may or may not know, but that I didn't realize, but is always there is the empire is almost, if not a hundred percent, just about a hundred percent human. Um, there's a very strong oh. distrust of, especially in the executive officer class for anything alien. Uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn is the only major exception to that rule um, and uh, is not featured in any of these movies, but is canon thanks to Rebels. Uh, but you will not see any aliens in this because that's part of the propaganda machine of the Empire uh, is that the Separatists were alien, or some of them were, and uh, and during the Clone Wars, and uh, that, that prejudice is help, what helps keep the Empire together. Oh wow, yeah, real little uh, little hints of um, you know of the Nazis in there, you know, keeping the yeah. race pure, so to speak. Uh-huh. I love this sequence. That thing that pops out of the door, like we're we're yeah. now just uh, C three PO and R two D two are just arriving at Jabba's palace. They knock on the door. This thing. Oh, 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 oh I love that. Oh, little thing. I, I feel like we <laughs> see it again in. Um, do we see it again in Mandalorian in a different place? We must account. do. We must. I feel do. like you see it one more time in one of those. And I've got no doubt you'll. I have no doubt that you're going to give me a huge backstory to that door knocker. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I. You know what? The phrase <laughs> door knocker sounds very much like a a a, a British slur. So I don't. It does. It <laughs> I'm sorry. I do apologize. I'll mind me knockers from now on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here we go. Here's Bib. Okay, as anyone who's watched The Mandalorian will know, uh, the future of what happens to Bib. I'm just going to watch this and see if there's any hints to Bib Fortuna actually, like, you know, having any power or any influence whatsoever to be able to take Jabba's throne. <laughs> because it's a, it was that was the only thing that really sort of baffled me slightly is that Bib Fortuna got to take over from Jabba. <laughs> yeah, it's true. 
It's weird that he did. Like you'd expect there's another Huts because you've seen the stories. If you watch any of the Clone Wars, you know that, and even read any of the books or any of the uh, comics or read anything, you know there's lots more Huts out there. It's interesting that Bib, uh, Bib got got to be the replacement. Um, do you I want to hear that, the story he... of the door knocker? <laughs> You're lying. There's not a story of the door knocker. There is a story Come of on. the door knocker. Okay, tell me the story of the door knocker. Uh, okay, so... Hello, the, everyone the joining actual, us. The actual <laughs> brand of door knocker is it's an, a TT8L slash YZ gatekeeper droid, um, or TT8L for short. Um, and it's nicknamed the Tattletale droid. It was n- manufactured by Servo Droid Incorporated. Um, and uh, during the Clone Wars, uh, this was installed outside the mantrits of Rishi Station, a Grand Army of the Republic listening post, and the Trandashian scavenger uh, not and had a pair of these droids also in the airlock of this freighter, uh, the Vulture's Claw. General Grievous, the leader of the Separatist droid army, had several of TT-8Ls in his fortress on the third moon of Vasek. The, the hut crime lord Jabba, ooh, I didn't know this was his name, Desilic. Tior had located into his front gate at the Palace of Tatooine, which is considered to be one of the most infamous and annoying examples of this door knocker ever in use. (laughs) Who knew? There is a story for everything. I cannot believe that we now know there's a story behind the door knocker. Yeah, so here's just a little bit about him real quick. They can scan for weapons and stuff, considered obnoxious and invasive, TT-8L, YZ enjoyed their position of control, and were nicknamed Tattletoil droids due to their demeanor in the pursuit of fulfilling their programming. Uh, they spoke in barkalic, barking metallic voices using a speaker and had a grating laugh, uh, but always considered <laughs> obnoxious and invasive. Oh, my word. So now we're, we're in the heart of Jabba's palace now, and we've got R2-D2 uh, projecting Luke Skywalker in very much uh, reminiscent of how uh, Leia was sort of projected in the very first movie. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Uh, and now we have Luke. And Bib Fortuna's just a little bitch. Uh, he's not Jedi. Shut up. You know nothing. <laughs> what are you talking about? But um, yeah, I, do you know what I love about this sequence? The, the, the creations, the practical effects in yeah. Jabba's palace just look immense. It's like there's not one CGI effect in this sequence. Yeah, this um, is one of the things about this particular sequence. Like, this is one of those places I really wish, you know, if, if Disney really wanted, instead of going Galaxy's Edge, this is where I would have liked to have half of the Disney thing in Jabba's Palace. It's such an incredible, like, you could make a haunted house out of this place. It's beautiful, well oh, done. Yeah. And it's part of the reason that the, the, the CG version of Jabba stands out so poorly in uh, A New Hope, because these practical creatures look so good that when you see like the weird animated version with the weird eyes, it just, it doesn't, it, it doesn't look like the Jabba that they've designed and developed for this at all to me. Mm. You know, yeah. And the, and the argument bigger for that presence, is... he's scarier. Mm. He's he, like the, this return of the Jedi version is, is tougher. Like I, like the Jabba in this could like, you know, give you an offer you can't refuse, you know, like he's, he's a badass. The one that's in new hope is like, Hey, I just wanted to collect my money, so I thought I'd come down here and get it myself. No, <laughs> not when you've got a. Is it a gu- right? Okay, is this right? Gamor- G- Gamorian guards. A Gamorian guard. The, the, That's right. The pig people. Yeah, 
the pig people. I wonder what their planet is like. I wonder if how they, uh, you know, I mean, they seem to have a sense of humour. They seem to laugh a lot at what at the misfortune of others. <laughs> <laughs> they also um they fight um you remember if you remember uh season two episode one of the Mandalorian. Mm. Uh, we get a good They also God. participate in MMA fights. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. They kick the sh- the the yeah. They kick each they other kick the door very hard. They kick the door knockers out of them. Um, I think this whole sequence in the droid torture chamber is so disturbing. That poor oh, little that droid poor getting little his, droid his, when uh, they his little feet. What did he do? What did he know. do? Like, the the um that particular droid is one of the droids I like had as a kid. Like mm-hmm. I had my you know my version of it. Um, yeah, and I love that little droid. I just thought he was so cute, and like that's he'd always bother me. Oh, I'm just gonna ignore this whole part. Okay, we're going to talk about other things. Yeah, I know. So we're now in... Okay, so the original version of this song that takes place in Jabba's Palace, for me, was perfect. I'm not entirely sure why uh, George Lucas decided to do a CGI very... Just a very weird choice. I mean, the, the, the puppet looked fine to begin with the why i don't know why they had to cgi it but then oh, to make it then, more then comical, put, like a tina turner-esque version of greedo uh then there's this weird fuzzy thing like oh it makes me so mad baba baba why are you watching this punch that fucking furry crows looking thing out of there yeah i mean the i love the blue elephant the blue elephant uh is one of my favorite characters in this i just love the fact that there's a blue elephant why not and um you know, and also the sequences when you see one of the the band from Moss Eisley. I quite like that. You know, it's a little yeah. nod back to the first one. But it just looks so out of place. Like, throughout the, the whole rest of the sequence, there is not yeah. one CGI character. Oh, here's your favourite. Your other favourite. Oh, yeah. I love a rancor, me. And let me know and... when you want me to tell you the story behind that uh, that torture droid. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's um let's watch and I this, also uh... want to know, Yeah. The uh the dancer, I can't I can't remember her name, but the dancer, she the actress who played her actually came back to record those extra sequences. And she's probably the only one that I can't tell the difference because she just hasn't aged at all. She looks fantastic. Right. You know, like 20, 20, 25 years later she came back to, to film that additional uh footage and she just looked amazing. So Kudos to her. Kudos. Kudos to her for that. Amazing. Kudos. Oh, here we go. I, I mean, yeah, I, I love her costume in this. I mean, spoiler, mm-hmm. that's Princess Leia in there. But she, that's costume. <laughs> yeah. So um, a bounty hunter has just turned up to Jabba's palace with uh, Chewbacca uh, offering a bounty. And uh, I love, do you know what? Again, the sound design in this film is so good. Like um, the bounty hunter's voice, Yato, Yato, is so oh, creepy, so but so effective. It works so, so well. Effective. Also, I just want to call out there, um, and I never realized this till today, and I don't know if it has any connection uh, to the frog people in um, in the Mandalorian, but, but uh, 
it appears that Jabba has a bowl full of live frogs next to him, and I think it's actually real live frogs. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, what are they? I mean, you could probably tell me in a minute. You probably I mean, they're, tell they're, me they're literally frogs. Live. They're literally oh, okay. frogs, I'm looking at them. But I'm wondering if they're, like, related to the frog mom and all those eggs that uh, that Baby Yoda loved in uh, The Mandalorian. Because See, that's the reason why they're the last. <laughs> that's the reason why they're the last of their species, because Jabba ate the rest of them. Jabba ate them. <laughs> Jabba ate all of them. Real quick, I just need to tell you something real quick. So that, mm-hmm. that torture droid and sort of all the torture was uh, is a feminine EV series supervisor droid originally developed to um, be a peaceful moisture evaporator mechanic. But they, it had a bug in its programming and it caused her to exhibit cruelty towards other droids um, and was acquired by Jabba because it, 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 it reprogrammed itself to want to hurt other droids. Oh, my God. It's a sadist. It's narcissistic. A yeah. narcissistic droid. <laughs> I mean, we've seen we've seen droids with human tendencies before. I, you know, like even C three PO. Yeah, has yeah. A I mean, lot of when, at a certain but... point, is it a programming defect, or are we just talking about personality based uh, uh, <laughs> uh, intelligence at that uh, at that point? But yeah, the the reason that that droid likes, you know, is torturing is because it likes to. Okay, and again, now we look at you know, I mean, you don't necessarily have to reveal, but we get to see. Uh, see our boy Lando in, in a great yeah. one of the things I love about this is because a lot of movies do this thing where they kind of keep everybody in the same costumes and it's kind of their 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 uh, you know their iconic gear kind of Han Solo has a lot of that and because Han Solo is the only person in this movie that uh, that's still wearing the same clothes he was wearing back on Empire uh, you know he kind of does still but I one of the things I always appreciated about this movie is like everybody's style changed you know, Princess Leia got a yeah. different hairdo. I like, I like their, I really like their, uh, their moon, their Endor moon look. <laughs> the, the Endor moon look. Um, Sissy that walk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I don't, I mean, I, and I know I share this a lot about weird things, but you know, being a kid growing up in the seventies uh, with religious parents, like they didn't teach you about um, how boys physiology changes. And this is one of those weird scenes where my body kind of knew that there was something sensual going on, even though it's just a kiss when it comes out. But um, it made it was one of the, <laughs> one of the first places I remember having uh, some tingles down there. This uh, uh, this, this love scene, like it's so motion sweet. in the ocean. A little, yeah, a little bit of a little bit of a uh, you know, uh, my, my oh. lightsaber was starting to kind of uh, you know, <laughs> just so, um. Just remind me, last week you mentioned it, but how long is the gap between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi? Uh, I believe it's five years, but uh, but let me just confirm that. Mm, because that means that uh, Han Solo has been frozen in carbonate for um, a three long years. time. Carbonate. Roughly three years. Three years. Okay, so he's been frozen for a long time. So this... You know, warming him up and bringing him out. You know, I love the fact that he does have, you know, side effects from being frozen. Yeah. That they don't, he doesn't just come out and go, "I'm fine." Let's get on yeah. with this. Let's, you know, he yeah. he's blind, yeah. like which Your is scary. Will return in time. Um, I, yeah. I, yeah, I love <laughs> that, it. I love it. Better version of that. Yes, that's exactly. <laughs> why. Yeah. yeah. Also, I love the costume uh, that Lando gets to wear. It like, especially the helmet with the bone 
sort of guard, like mouth guard, which is oh, so good. So and I feel like I feel like we see that in in Solo. I think it is. Oh, is really? It, I think it's I think it's Solo, or it might have been. No, I think it is Solo. We actually get to see that costume. Um, so therefore, you know, it's obviously left behind on the Millennium Falcon uh, for him <laughs> to change into whenever he feels like it. He just so has that, that, that was like, in, his, in his closet. Well, I mean, that was one of the. I don't know if I love that joke. Here's the reveal. Oh, wait, it's Princess Leia. And then, boner. Um, anyway, uh, the, <laughs> you know, that I mean, the running joke in there with uh, Lando and like all his, his outfits that he used to have, uh, all the closets that used to be in the Millennium Falcon um, was, a, was a fairly funny joke. Yeah. yeah I mean, I yes. Like this scene in a weird sort of way because like everybody's just in the background. You thought everybody left. But I feel like you would have seen them. It was if it's dark, but it was. It's almost like one of those. Uh, uh, I don't know if they have these in the UK. Probably not. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese or like places where they have this like animatronic robots in the side while you eat and they perform for you. Oh, okay. Like- That's what it looks like. What? I mean, okay. Do you, do they have that? I'm just curious. In the, in the UK, do they have something like Chuck E. Cheese or like a place where like you can go eat a eat fish and chips and then like a animatronic mouse will like play songs while you eat it <laughs> no i think the closest that we probably have is rainforest cafe oh yeah no we have lots of those but I, they're kind of the same but yeah. like in those places basically what they have is like it show there's two types of them they merged in the 80s there's showbiz pizza and chuck e cheese and the, and the whole concept of it was it's for oh, kids yeah. you sit in a room and this there's this darkened stage um of animatronic characters and every 10 minutes or so they the, the the spotlight goes on them and they sing a song and then they go back and they're dark and then once you've eaten your really bad pizza you go play video games and jump in a ball pit um it just kind of <laughs> reminded me of that like everything's in the dark back there there's no way you can't see them they just must look like they're shut down and then all of a sudden it's like the thing i love about that sequence is two things a the bit when he like licks his bottom lip is disgusting like oh, that so is fire. Oh, it's so gross. And also, oh, I've forgotten his name. What's the little like weasel monkey thing? Oh, that, yeah, that yeah, yeah. Uh, I forget. Hold on. Let me just. Oh, I can never remember his name. What is he sitting on? Because it looks like he's sitting on Jabba's tail, but then it's sort of a soft, moist area. And I'm just very, I've always been quite confused about where he's actually sitting on Jabba's, you know, body. It's a bit strange. His name is Salacious uh, B. Crumb. Yes, that's the one, Mr. Crumb. <laughs> he's a little crumb. He's from the, ma- he's the, from the planet Kowak. I, I'm sure we're going to hear all about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, uh, let's see. Well, there's a lot of story about him. Um, mm. Let's see. They're, like, I he has a he... lot of story. Um, yeah. He, but, uh, he has a, um, uh, he's... He, uh, many individual species cut. Uh, Crumb was no exception. Uh, many individuals of species favorite pets among denizens of the underworld. So this is like a common, like, like in, um, like all the bad guys in, um, in like evil movies have a cat. Uh, here they have a crumb. They have a they have a co-walk. Um Yeah. Did you catch that um, added bit? By the way, that little added added effects just before Luke came down the stairs. No, I didn't. That must be really new. Um, it was Sebulba from uh, Phantom Menace. Oh, yes. I think I remember that. I didn't see it here because I was too busy reading the story of Crumb. 
But yes, I do remember Sepulpa being there. That is new. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that, that, is, that must be very new. Because I don't remember that in the special editions. Because obviously... No, because it wouldn't have been because the special been editions out. came out before. This is like I was telling you, like, in this movie, there are a couple of those things. Like, uh, like what's-his-face becomes... Uh, it would be funny if it was Jake Lloyd, but the other one uh, is now <laughs> Anne Smith I actually, if they made a special Payton. edition where it was Jake Lloyd as Darth Vader... I might never watch this movie again, but I do think it would be a really yeah. funny April Fool's joke for just one day on Disney Plus <laughs> if they change Darth Vader, Anakin to uh, to Jake Lloyd at the very last. Yeah, um, I would be a great troll. I always squint at that bit anyway and hold my hand up so I can't see, and then just imagine. But um, look, look, look at this um, scene, Princess Leia. Obviously, I mean. You know, I it, it doesn't do anything for me, but right. Princess Leia, um, very risque. Again, can I just stress, this film is a U in the UK. It is yep. classified U. That means anyone can watch it. You've got a young woman who is in a gold bikini with, yep. a, with a neck sort of clamp around her head and Jabba is holding onto her with, with a chain. I mean, this is just baffling to me how this film still gets you and then we go into the rancor uh, sequence uh right now so um luke has turned up he's basically said to jabba give me all my friends back and uh jabba has thrown him into a pit with a rancor and if you want to know what a rancor looks like uh think of the british politician Anne Whittacombe on a good <laughs> i don't day. know who that is but <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> there's some interesting parts here. One, this Rancor's amazing design. Two, you're absolutely right about the, the, the Princess Leia stuff. It's it's weird to have, and it's even weirder as we get further away because it's been played for humor for so long. Like, when I was a kid, that's, like, every go-to, like, nerd boy talks about, you know, uh, Leia in a in a bikini, and that's their all their fantasies. And then, like, there's a hundred of them mm-hmm. at a Comic-Con. Um, you know, I think that that's... That's probably something that's not aged quite as well. These scenes are so good. Um, also, if you bought the Jedi's Palace um, playset by Kenner, it actually had that mobile thing where you could push his uh, thing back and drop people through the floor. Yes, I we did have that actually. We had the Jabba and his little like seated area, and if you opened up the little seated area, there's like a skull in. There was a skull inside it, like a uh, built into it. Uh, yep. I loved that. God, I wish yeah. I had a, 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 an original Jabba. Yeah. That would be oh. amazing. I have, I have the um, the a New Hope Jabba that they released when the special editions came oh, out. Oh, oh, okay, got yeah. it. Back in '97. Yeah, I love yeah. This, that, um, that he's got the he he uses the bow, the old bone in the mouth. Yeah, and also I'm really curious. This Jawa, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of Jawas that are into this kind of stuff, but there's one particular Jawa in this movie that's like, yeah. Kill him, kill yeah. Him. Like one dark goth Jedi, Jabba. Yeah, or not Jabba, a uh, Jawa, not Jabba. Jawa. Yeah, Jawa. Well, he's obviously like Jabba's own personal Jawa, and it can get him anything. Can get him droids. Right. Can get him, you know, whatever Jabba needs, droid wise. He needs yeah, the Jawa. He's like red from. Uh, he's like <laughs> he's like red from Shawshank. He gets people. There. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but what I love about this, this is all like puppetry. But obviously they've gone and cleaned it up. Like I always oh, yeah, remember. I mean, that... it's all, it, I mean, a lot of the stop motion they've cleaned up and really made this 
feel yeah. smooth. They did a great yeah. job. And I think it's really interesting in a couple of these scenes, like I can't quite get a feel for if Luke is faking it or doing it on purpose as far as like the trying to get out and like feeling terrified because he doesn't seem to be. And, it, and at the same time, in this particular scene, it's the one time you see him like nervous, but overall he plays yeah. a lot more stoic a character in this one. I think that he's going through the motions in this sequence and he's thinking, right, shit, how am I getting out of here? Because there's so much more that needs to be done, you know, for him to escape and just kill the rancor. It feels a little bit like he's almost playing it up for the audience. Like, it's a little bit of a wrestling, what do they call that, uh, uh, work? He's kind of working the audience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel bad for this guy. This guy's always been there. I know he feels so bad for his... Oh, poor This guy... This guy is a is a regular, quite a famous British actor, quite a regular really? in series. Yeah, in the seventies, was a regular in uh, in Doctor Who. So he obviously just came down to do a day. They were obviously filming Doctor Who in the studio next door, <laughs> and he came in for the scene. Because that's because oh, if so you funny. if you talk to a lot of the actors, like um, I've been to quite a few of the comic cons here in London, and obviously some of the elderly British actors can can sort of attend those because they're, you know, closer to home than going to America. And they say, you know, like they were filming, you know, a, a sitcom down the road and they and they got a phone call and said, oh, we need some extras for um, Star Wars. Would you guys mind coming in on Sunday? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll do it. And they came down and did like a day or two on like the Jabba set or, you know, on Cloud City. So that's how they were getting all their extras in. They were just calling around. Uh, already things that were already in production and just asking if they could borrow the actors or the extras. Yep. So amazing. You'd just say yes, wouldn't you? But like, oh, no, they're making 100%. Star Wars. Do you want to go without do that? question? Yeah. Absolutely. Right, let's hit some of these ditties very quickly as we I mean this is new. Look at that. Look at that. I've not no, seen this before. No. I've not seen that before. No, that's all new. That's all for this. That must be new for Disney Plus. Yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, I mean, well, it's not new for Disney Plus. It's new for about, I think it was about 2012, 2013 that they did a, oh, okay. a Blu-ray edition, basically, or a digital edition of Star Wars. And so these were okay. available when that released. Excellent. Oh, R2-D2 being used as a drink tray. That's <laughs> so <Yeah>. cute. <laughs> Bless him. Right. Okay, let's hit the ditties and then we're uh, going to move on to... Uh, we've only got about 10 minutes left, guys. So uh, thank you very much for... <laughs> <laughs> for joining us <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking I promise I'll watch the whole film today <laughs> yes, right, here we go. Great. see you guys later yeah thank you it's been great okay here we go oh what do you think of the religion Jediism Jediism uh, mm. honestly it feels awful it feels like it feels like this is the reason the reason there's so many Darth Vader's the reason there's so many, you know, <laughs> unappropriate relationships with the Catholic priests is you can't have an abstinence-only religion like this and not expect, like, a whole bunch of people to crack. Um, at the last so- census, at the last census here in the UK, uh, fourteen thousand people put their religion down as Jedi. <laughs> Now, 14,000 people is a lot. That is a lot. Just saying. That's a lot. This Sarlacc pit. Now we're seeing the Sarlacc, because when we were kids, 
There was nothing in that Sarlacc pet. It was just a pet. <laughs> but then they turned it into the Audrey 2 from fucking... <laughs> yeah, from Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, I'll tell you what, though. The Sarlacc Feed pit... Me, uh, <laughs> the Sarlacc pet, pit in the original did look a little bit Freudian. It did look a little bit... Yeah, it did. It was a... It was a, it was a Sarlacc. Yeah. A <laughs> you just, it was you a know, vagina. And, 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 and <laughs> Boba was definitely looking for the man in the boat. Uh, but... It, it, <laughs> Yeah, it does. It, it's an interesting. I'm glad they put something in there, but the CG hasn't really um, aged very well. This was done in '97, '96, mm-hmm. so it doesn't really look great. But like, it really ha- it gives me Audrey Two vibes these days. I'm loving. I love the music cues in this bit. Oh, like so, so, um, so they're about to sacrifice all the pretty much all the main characters apart from Lando to the Sarlacc pit, but Luke has a plan. And there's this like chord, like dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you're like, okay, okay, we 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 think something's coming, but uh, yeah. So here we go. Luke's about to be pushed into the Sarlacc pit. Uh, R2D2 fires off a lightsaber, and now the big fight starts. Yep. So let's hit the ditties while they're fighting, and then we obviously are going to talk yep. about Boba yep. Fett in a minute. Yep. It was in the Mandalorian when he was going to steal Grogu from from the client. Yep, there it is. Oh yeah, thank you. There you are. Thank you. Door knocker. <laughs> Luke. And here's the first time Let Boba the uses his death which is really funny. I can feel it. Big up Starburns Audio. Big up Keith Andrew Twenty Twenty. What's going on? It's your boy Rishi's reviews. Guys, Return of Jedi, gotta love the Ewoks, gotta love the Ewoks. Uh, um, I know they were the worst thing about the movie, but for some reason, it's the one thing that stuck in my head through childhood. I don't know why, and I, I, there's, there's something about them. Uh, George Lucas has ingrained that in me for the rest of my life. Big up to you people. Hi, Rish. Thanks for joining us. Um, and here we go. Boba Fett. Uh, you said it was the first time he used his jetpack, and he fucked it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, uh, yeah, Boba Fett literally used a jetpack, and due to a miscalculation from Han Solo, ended up being eaten by the Sarlacc. Now, well, obviously, in the original, you could probably see how he survived. But yeah. in this version... He literally gets chomped by the Audrey 2. So yep. it's a little bit more unbelievable that he would have actually survived because we know he survives uh, because of the Mandalorian. Spoilers. But uh, yeah, what do you think about that? <laughs> Hello, hey, can you hear me? me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Sorry, what was your question? I Sorry, I couldn't hear you for the last little bit. No, my question was, obviously in the original version when Boba Fett falls into the Sarlacc pit, there's like a sort of a hint of believability that he could have survived it. Whereas mm-hmm. in this version, he literally gets chomped by an Audrey too. So, right. um, you know, it, it makes it a little bit less unbelievable that he came back, even though we know he does because of the Mandalorian. What do you right. think about that? Well, I think, I mean, that, that was always the thing, right? You were di- slowly digested over a hundred thousand years. Like we wouldn't really live that long anyway, so it doesn't matter. So I feel like, 
whatever the, it doesn't seem to have teeth so it just really it really still is doing a boa constrictor thing to you and uh i feel oh, like fun. if anything could if anybody could be uh, uh a sarlacc it's not return of the jedi boba but uh but mandalorian boba maybe when he, when you're in there for a little while you get you turn into a badass yeah it's just always like this sequence here where he got sort of swallowed just makes it slightly a little less believable for me but guys we're coming to the end of the jabber sequence already i can't believe it but you basically watched an episode of like uh like a mandalorian length episode worth of return of the jedi yeah yeah that's it and that was it this, this was pretty much it poor carrie fisher having to maneuver that cannon while pretty much wearing zilch nothing the good thing there wasn't a wind you would be able to see everything. <laughs> like, for real. <laughs> for real. Um, and there are some really good sequences in there. Again, I cannot believe that this film get, has got the classification it has. That, that strangling great, of Jabba. But this is a great example of a really fun intro scene. Introduces you all the characters. It's a little bit played for a little bit of laughs and humor in its own way, but at the same time, still really connects you and reminds you why you love all these people. And it's the first time you've really seen everybody together in a long time. And the last mm -hmm. time you're going to see them all together until the end of this movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. So Jabba's barge has just been blown up. It was lovely to speak to you guys. Uh, have a lovely uh -huh. evening. <laughs> and this literally, I'm not kidding. As a kid, this is where the movie ended for me. Right up until my teenage years, I turned it off. I didn't watch any more of this film. <laughs> Not even this, like, even though, you, like, there was no urge to, like, see Yoda or nope. any of it. It's, nope. like, lost all interest. Like, right here, you're like, eh. Soon, as soon as the barge blew up, that was it. Because I wasn't a fan. I think we spoke last week. Now, I obviously am, because I can see why that what was going on. But I wasn't a fan of the Dagobah scenes as a kid. I found them... Um, not very engaging uh, and i actually got quite bored but obviously now i uh, as watching them as an adult i see what they add to the story uh so when he's like i'm going back to dagobah i'm like oh i'm not <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah so this is probably the only the third or fourth time i've actually seen past the jabber point so this is going to be nice and fresh for me <laughs> I've seen that Jabba sequence I love about these a red. Times. I love, I mean, this was always the coolest thing. Like these red, like, uh, mm. uh, royal, like the troopers, like the, the emperor's personal guard. I thought this was such a cool, like, you know, you add, they add a little color to this, obviously, you know, this black, very stark black and white, but I, I love the, the design of these, these troopers. Well, red on black just stands out, doesn't it? It just pops. And you can see from this color scheme, especially when they had the high angle, they just looked really effective and, you know, this blood red stormtrooper, basically. And it just looks absolutely fantastic. And just yeah, to think absolutely. that the, even though the Emperor looks like, you know, someone's baked him, this is like the youngest the, this actor ever was playing this part. <laughs> you well, know, because right, he was so much younger back then. But look at like, it doesn't, <laughs> it's not the best makeup job here like you can kind of see like hey we're just gonna put a paper bag around the top bottom of your face and like i don't know paint it human skin color 
Yeah, yeah. But it's very economic. You know, like, you can literally just see the mouth and the chin. And you can't see the eyes at all, which is really creepy. Yeah, I love it that. It does a good thing. And also, you look at, like, they got, a, like, a bunch of really short military people that don't fit their costumes to fall behind them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, you've got this element bringing, bringing in the emperor. You know, it's almost like the dark wizard, isn't it? It's almost like bringing in a fairy tale element to the story, uh, like the witch, or you know, sort of like a bit, a bit more Lord of the Rings type. So I think it's quite cool to have that sort of old wizard figure um, with the backdrop of all this technology and all these, you know, mechanical men and stormtroopers. I think that was quite an, a nice idea. I always yeah. like that. Did I have a question for you, real quick? As we pass, we, we, we're into this next scene. I'm sorry to change the subject. Short. Did Yoda have this much hair in his ears in Empire? Or <laughs> the last three years, did he just stop trimming? Yeah, I think he stopped trimming. Or maybe this is the first time that Luke's been back in a while because probably Luke did it for him. <laughs> yeah, Luke, Luke had to trim all his ears. Like, listen, how no do you pay for your Jedi? We're quiet. Yeah. <laughs> How do you pay for your Jedi training, Luke? Um, well, you know, a Gillette. <laughs> yeah, this hair out of my ears. Yeah, it is long. Yeah. It is long. Um, yeah. I hope that's the only thing he trims. Just yeah. saying. Do you think Yoda... I mean, Yoda's one with the Force, right? So when Yoda wants to go to sleep and die right here, he's been waiting, right? you you got to assume yeah. that Yoda's been chilling like, hey, listen, I just got to wait for Luke to get here, and then I'm done. But... I'm here right now. And he's like, he's like trying to sleep. He's like, I'm trying to die. And he just keeps open one eye and going, yeah. are you still here? Now dude? for an audience member watching this at the time. And if there's anyone listening, uh, that is sort of old enough to have seen this in the cinema or mature or, you know, creme de la creme enough to have, to have seen this in the cinema was Yoda's death quite a shock because obviously he was built up to be quite a big character in empire. And we're only, uh, time check, we're only, like, not even 45 minutes. We're 41 minutes, or coming yeah. up to 42 minutes into the film. And, you know, this character that has become quite an icon of Star Wars dies. This, honestly, when because I saw this in the theater when I was a kid. Um, I don't remember all the impact it had, but I remember being pretty shocked. Like, I didn't expect Yoda to die just as soon as he came in to talk, right? Like, he basically shows up, looks like an old green Bob Hope, and just dies. I didn't know. Like, <laughs> I expected something out of this scene, right? I, I wasn't necessarily angry because I was a kid, because I would go, I could go with the flow a lot better at, in story stuff. But um, I definitely didn't expect Yoda to just be like, hey, I'm here, bye. But Yeah, absolutely. But in a way with Star Wars, and especially with the Jedi Masters and stuff, it what it's not like this is super like a super huge twist like you they introduce you to Obi Wan he dies in the first movie and comes back and talks introduces you to Yoda mm. there's a little bit of something that you're kind of prepped for in the Star Wars uh you know kind of lore that uh, makes this not com feel completely out of left field yeah and this scene is very touching you know like even yeah. if we haven't had a lot of Yoda. You know, he's obviously a big influence on Luke's life because, you know, Luke now is a Jedi Jedi master. So, um, yeah, and I think that maybe, you know, we know it's not the end for him because he can come back as Blue Ghost, Blue Ghost. Um, 
but yeah, I think that it's just, re- I, I just wanted to know what it was like for an audience member back then to see Yoda die so quickly and so soon into the, into the, into this film when we've only been introduced to him, like in the previous movie. So I think it's quite yeah. a bold move. Absolutely. You know, I wonder Absolutely. if this is the same costume. You know Yoda's soul. Yeah. Twilight. Oh God, yeah. Yes. Yoda were very popular. Right. Who was, I mean, were you more excited to see young, I mean, personally, I'll, I can give you my answer too, young Obi-Wan or Yoda? And the answer to me was awesome Yoda when you got the, you know, the, 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 um, the new movies. As much as I love Ewan McGregor, I was really looking forward to like young Jedi Yoda. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's like, it's almost like we didn't really get a lot of him in the first place, like yeah, as exactly. we're talking about now. We didn't get much of him, but to see him more sprightly and not sort of laying here. I mean, the costume, like, I, I don't imagine they did much to the costume. I suppose the deterioration of the costume actually really works for him being an older Yoda. I mean, I'm really scared that that ear is going to fall off any minute. <laughs> well, the way it's all folded up weird like that, it's just going to break Yeah, off. He's got, like, you're like, oh, that can't be comfortable. That's probably why he died. Cut off his circulation. He <laughs> was... It, It'd be all right if he laid properly. He's like the elephant man. <laughs> but this is really touching stuff. It's lovely, you know, and you've got, obviously Luke now is, I, I feel like Luke, even though this is the revelation, isn't it? That Leia is his sister. Right. And right. now he's been left with this. He's all alone. And he's got his friends, obviously, but they don't really understand. You know, it's like when you go on on holiday and you come back and someone says, oh, how was your holiday? It was good, but you don't understand. It was so good. Like, I did so much and it was so much fun. <laughs> um, it's like really, this. Really, like, quick, really, really quick, that, that scene of Yoda disappearing, I think Lynch could have done that better because he, he does disappearing characters a little bit better than that. I think he could have made a better. Oh, yeah. Better. Yeah, but then we would have had... But, yeah, don't forget, though, we, we would then have the next scene of Yoda appearing in the... Black Lodge. Yeah, that's true. The <laughs> just showed up, connected to Bob. Yeah, yeah, and then started I speaking back. Evolution of Yoda. Well, maybe that's Yoda the reason why Yoda. Maybe that's the reason why Yoda gets his words mixed up in the wrong order. Yeah. Maybe he's from the Black Lodge. When I lightsaber, it sounds like this: boom, boom. <laughs> All right. Alec Guinness <laughs> making his triumphant return going, all right, pay me my money. With extra sparkles. Yeah. <laughs> they've, they've, they've CG'd it. They've added a little, like, uh, sparkle to the CG. It's very distracting. Very it distracting. Is, why, why does he need to be that sparkly? I don't understand. Because he's a vampire from Portland. Or <laughs> Seattle, wherever this vampire. He sparkles. It's almost like they had an intern that didn't have anything to do so they thought just sparkle up alec guinness for us would you okay spend a few weeks on that it doesn't look great just saying if anyone's watching if anyone's watching along with us or if you've just joined us and you want to do um to join in our watch along of return of the jedi we are 47 minutes in just coming up to and we're at the scene with alec guinness uh having a good old convo with luke um, in Dagobah, explaining why didn't you tell me that that Leia was my sister? I would never have stuck my tongue down her throat otherwise. Uh, never <clears throat> mentioned. Never. That's never said. Just saying. We don't ever hear about that ever again. 
Hey, we next time, give me a heads up, dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a holiday booked and everything. It's a good thing I know now, isn't it? I'm canceling that holiday. <laughs> oh my word. Okay, while we're there, whilst um Alec Guinness and Luke are having a conversation, uh, let's hear what our listeners are saying. Hey Keith, hey Starburns, just stopping in to say hi. Just wanted to show you guys a little bit of love and respect for what y'all do up in these stereo streets um thank you for creating the content that you guys create uh for us um i appreciate it i hope that you both are doing well hugs and kisses to the family you guys are awesome thanks lauren thanks for popping in That was my uh, Jawa impression, people. <laughs> that was good. Really? Yeah, it was really on, good. Was beautiful. That was excellent. Well done, Rishi. I don't know if you guys are taking questions or not, but... And I think you're watching the movie, so sorry if I'm interrupting. But um, yeah, no, I just wanted to know what are your favorite trilogy? Like, what's your favorite trilogy of Star Wars movies? And then, like, what's your favorite movie overall? Personally, I think my favorite trilogy is actually the sequel series um and then my favorite movie overall is episode three revenge of the sith i think it's iconic anyways yeah Ooh, interesting well we're actually we're actually doing the sequel trilogy starting next week my friends so please do join us um i think we're gonna save that conversation probably till the end um i mean i'm gonna give i'm gonna give you a hint this is the best trilogy and yeah. Empire Strikes Back is the best movie. <laughs> okay, and this character here, this is not Moth. Moth, is it? No, oh, not Moth. Uh, are you talking about uh, Mon? The, the, uh, the lady. Mon Moth. Yeah, she was in uh, Rogue One. Uh, this yeah, isn't this her, is, is it? This is, this is Mon Mothma. Right, okay. So she was in uh, A New Hope. But this is a different actress, I think. Uh yeah, Mon Mothma was uh has been played I think by a couple different people. Obviously in um the original it was uh you know in uh in this movie and then I believe in let's see a- actresses let's see we have three different people oh two different people played her who played her in Revenge of the Sith Genevieve O'Reilly played her in Episode Three Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Um, you have Carolyn Black, uh, Blakiston, who played her, um, I believe, here. Um, mm-hmm. And let's see. And I don't know if she was actually in. Uh, I guess there was somebody in. Um, oh, New Hope. It was the the old guy. It was the guy with the beards, wasn't it? It was yeah. um, the the guy that looked like basically wore her wardrobe, but was an old man. Yeah. <laughs> they share the same wardrobe apparently yeah <laughs> I love this sequence and um, you know there are some characters in this sequence like Wedge like Wedge has got a huge sort of backstory when it comes to Star Wars um, but we see him very clearly in this film um, yeah but a lot of his scenes are cut out I think of a new hope uh, that weren't reinserted during the special edition. And I think the actor was a bit peeved by that. 
But right. um, the guy who plays Wedge in this film is actually Ewan McGregor's uncle. Oh, is that true? I knew that he, I mean, it feels like uh, Ewan had somebody in all the movies. Like, I didn't realize that was the person who played Wedge was his uncle. That's interesting. Yes. So Wedge was his uncle. So that's cool. Look at these ships. I feel is like that why they the say in UK, oh, hey. And they're like, you got to go down here, take a left, take a right. Wedge is your uncle. You're there. <laughs> yeah, that's what we say. We don't have Bob. We have no Bob, Bob uncles here. We only have Wedge uncles. Just saying. Or you get a wedgie from your uncle, one of the two. I felt like there's some new ships added here. I feel like this is expa- a bit more expanded. Um, right. and, and, but the beauty of them is they all look the same. You're looking at, obviously, you're looking at a very, very specific map painting that is very clearly painted version of the backgrounds with the uh, a couple yeah. of ships. But you have X-Wings, uh, A-Wings, B-Wings, Y-Wings uh, kind of filling but- this. So you have kind of the, the core rebel ships all kind of in one place but that this this uh that that this physical picture of uh of the background is pretty funny because it's very clearly a painting when we were doing the bird's eye view there was a shuttle there that had like the mauve strip Mm -hmm. that's that's added isn't it that was that ships from um the prequel trilogy I believe I'll have to. I didn't see it. I'll I'll keep an eye mm. out for it, but I'm sure they did some of that stuff to kind of help time in because you need to do some of that because those ships are so disparate. That and it's one of the problems like we've talked about that I have with the prequel series was you can't have ships that look more advanced than the ships you're using in 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 the past. <laughs> yeah, there was always rumors, and I remember it. There was a rumor at for the at the end of Revenge of the Sith that there was going to be some kind of uh, explosion or something was going to happen and it was going to make a lot of technology inert and uh, unusable, which is why everything looks so old and grubby in the original trilogy. And I always thought, oh, that's a really cool idea. And then they never did it. And I was like, oh, okay. So like like we said at the, at the end of Revenge of the Sith, they did this really random stuck-in scene where everything goes from being really high-tech to 1970s computers. And you're like, oh, okay. They're just going to do it like that. That's fine. Yeah, we're just we just had this weird thing happen where all our computers just went back in time. Maybe it's one of those mandala effect things. Now, okay, this is an interesting thing. So we have the emperor here, and then we have what I can only assume are two people he's invited for dinner, some sort of like ambassador or something just standing there who has to be a part of this weird, awkward meeting. Because <laughs> they don't That's seem to line up. They're obviously not emperor. They're obviously not military. They're there for like, what can I only assume is like there to like trade or uh you know have have lunch yes. with the emperor and see if they could like get some money or a loan or something they're there to be like hey uh, so we have some infrastructure issues we really want to build a space <laughs> bridge yeah yeah they're, they're there to wine and dine the emperor yeah can you imagine that those guys now, that are is standing this the first them? time you see a superstar destroyer in the in the series i think so yes it is yeah, we haven't seen this before. This is the first time we get to see the Superstar Destroyer. Looks great. I mean, it looks like um, a cruise ship in space. Yeah, it, it, just looks, looks... it looks dangerous. It looks deadly. Um, also, I feel like they lean heavy into the light blues in this. And it might be the reason I like the color blue so much. 
mm. because so much of Star Wars is kind of highlighted in these like really interesting blues. It does look like it should have Celine Dion standing on the bow singing yeah. My Heart Will Go On. Right. Or at least, uh, <laughs> at least what's his face from, uh, um, from Friday? Chris yeah. Tucker. Chris Tucker, yeah. <laughs> oh, good. I, I mean, they really have sharpened everything. I mean, look at the, uh, you know, the screens, the computer screens. I mean, it's still quite basic. It looks a bit like an Etch-a-Sketch. But at the same time, you know, they've just made it really clean and really and really crisp, which is what I what I really do like about when they go back and digitalize stuff and do the special editions. But I really hate it when they go back and do things like that bloody musical number in Jabba's oh, yeah. Palace. Sorry for getting irate about it, but Absolutely. the original no, there was nothing wrong with the original. You know, they really nothing could have just cut it. and started this whole movie on Dagobah. No. I'm I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I just want a reaction from you, Keith. I'm just yeah. My reaction was pause, pause, hang up, start this whole story over with reading reviews. Um, Just talking. (laughs) Yeah, that's not going to happen. If that happened, I wouldn't watch it anymore. I wouldn't watch Star Wars anymore. Uh, (laughs) uh, Special editions. Yeah, I agree. mm. Yeah, I mean, interesting scenes. This is also where you start to see. Um, to me, this is where, you know, they really kind of neutered Darth Vader at this point, like his impact and role, because I know he's supposed to be in cl- conflicted and that's part of this whole thing. But this is where he goes from being this kind of like really kind of like strong individual figure to feeling much more like one, he's conflicted, but two, like uh, like the, they're really making the empire, the emperor, the threat and him kind of a little bit more subservient to that. Um, it's an interesting portion of the the film, and I don't necessarily love it. Mm. I, but I understand that they need to put the conflict in him. But it also, you stop being afraid of him about right here. Yeah. Uh, Vader does become sort of uh, an emotional conduit for the film, which has yeah. never been before. Right. You know, and he's always been the thing to be feared. Right. Whereas now he's understood. And I yeah. don't, I don't think anyone wants to understand Vader. Do they? they just want him to to, to do mean. what he does. Well, it's a tough, it's a tough move for me because that you know, you it, it it I don't know how well it works. It doesn't. There, the build up to it is a little bit weird. The conflict kind of comes in this movie, which I get to a certain point. However, like there's just something that like you know when you have a character as powerful and as strong as him, like when you start to kind of neuter him and kind of take him away and be that person, I don't know a hundred percent if it works. I don't know if I buy it all the way or if I'd want to tell that story the way it is, but I get why they have to do it. I just don't necessarily love it. Now, on the other hand, speeder bikes and any scene featuring speeder bikes is my favorite. (laughs) One more time for luck. Speeder bikes. Speeder bikes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they're shooting they're fast they make video games out of them this speeder bike sequence is i feel like what they kind of wanted to do and make a real you know when they're doing the uh, pod racing to feel like this fast kind of chasey stuff but this scene is beautiful mm. and fun and scary yeah. and dangerous and cool and it's everything that the pod racing is not I think that Lucas probably watched these sequences and tried his best but I don't think he succeeds uh, with bringing these sequences bang up to date with uh, 
modern technology. Yeah, I, I think I they, they still look very much like they did uh, in 1983, yeah. which is fine. Because really you know, like, the bottom line is they are basically just on, um, you know, those speeder bike, like a, 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 a basically a, a full size version of these things uh, that that is pretty much like a carousel. Right. It's just a basically yeah. a horse on a stick and they just move it around yeah. a lot with a whole bunch of, you know, backgrounds. Yeah. They're but like, in 1983, driving, this... what, what's going on around me? I don't know. Just pretend you're driving. Yeah. I mean, Leia doesn't look where she's going like at all. <laughs> like She looks behind her. She looks at Luke. She looks down. Uh, no wonder she gets shot off it in a minute. She's just not yeah, looking where absolutely. she's going at all. Uh, and Luke's like too co- concentrating too much. You know, there's one sequence. I think um, we see it in a minute where uh, Mark Hamill's tongue is sticking out. He's concentrating so much. Yeah. Yeah, Leia's just like, <laughs> I'm surprised that she could see anything considering how fast they're going the wind, but... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I do love these sequences, though. Just to let you know, guys, we are... Uh, one hour and 30 seconds into the film. We have an hour and 14 minutes left. I cannot believe how quickly uh, these watch-alongs go. But um, basically what's happened is the, rebel, um, ne- the Rebels now... The Rebels now know that there is a force field protecting the new Death Star and that the force field is based on Endor, Planet of the Ewoks. Woo-woo! Um, and, yes, Leia um, and Luke and others have gone down to Endor to try and blow up the uh, the station, which is powering up the, uh, the force field. Quite a simple yeah. story. I mean, we don't talk about it very much. We talk about the visuals quite a lot, but we don't necessarily go much into the plot. Right. So the plot is pretty straightforward. I mean, it doesn't, nothing nothing really changes between this and Star Wars as far as like, Hey, we got to blow up the big ship. um, And we got to do a couple steps to get there. This one has, you know, kind of the, the difference between this one is it's kind of a collaboration between people on the ground, ground forces alongside the, uh, you know, the, 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 the ships Mm. up top when that finally gets there. But, we get to see a really fun, you know, we get to get back to, you know, the the good space battles and the ship battle stuff in this one. And then, you know, that third story, obviously, the main thing that everybody, you know, that you're supposed to be watching for is like uh, Darth Vader, the Empire, the Emperor and, uh, you know, uh, Vader. Uh, yeah. And Luke and all that, that whole that whole story, which is which is kind of interesting when you think about it, because um if Luke never went up, I guess Luke Gill going up kind of keeps Vader and uh, the Emperor from coming down to the planet and like just causing huge havoc. But otherwise, and then and also is um, is uh, is Han wearing his trench coat from uh, from Blade Runner? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, it's not. I was just. Looking, I know it's I not, but he is, he's like, you know what? I'm really into trench coats now. Yeah, absolutely. They've all got this really weird sort of camouflage that doesn't camouflage them yeah. at all against yeah, like, the background because it's sort of a like a gray and browny color whereas yeah. everything around them is green although i yeah. must say i just want to point out very quickly there was just a sequence where luke attacked a speeder with his lightsaber and i love that when you've got this sort of battle going on uh, and they're using guns and you know like the stormtroopers and then luke just whaps out you know his mythical lightsaber and uses that i love that when they when it happens um, when the lightsaber is used in a 
in a unusual setting. I like I like right. it when they do that. <laughs> the, uh -oh. I just like the, the lightsaber from usual settings. Uh oh, here we go. We got Wicket. Yeah. The most yeah, so thing Wicket, to Star Wars. Played by um of course Warwick Davis. This is his first appearance in a Star Wars film. He then goes on uh to make an appearance in every Star Wars film after this, uh, because apparently everyone loved him on the set. He was um Great fun. He was only young. He was only 18 when he oh, was wow. in this. So he did this. So he was only, then, only a little. Yeah. And then it, then you, he's, he plays one of the friends in Phantom Menace. Where, where is he in uh, Clone Wars? Um, I can't remember. I can't remember what uh, he is in Clone up. Wars. Yeah. But yeah. And I but know this. He goes know on from here to be in Willow, um, which yeah. is getting revived. Um, and mm -hmm. then he uh, he does the other Star Wars movies, and then they do a very then like a Ricky Gervais style like uh, TV show on HBO, and then he plays yes. one of the bankers in uh, in uh, Gring Gringles in, uh, Harry, in Potter. Uh, Harry Potter. And, yeah, he's yeah, got a cool career going. And this is where like Princess Leia is at her level best, right? She's got almost normal hair, you know. She's really you know she makes Wicket like um. Uh, yeah, I, don't know. I really like. I really this is. I didn't ever really crush on Princess Leia. Like that wasn't my thing. But about right here is where I really liked her. She seemed cool. She knew how to hang. She knew how to kick it with bears. That's when I knew I liked her. Well, she's amenable, isn't she? And even though she's a princess, she's there's no airs and graces. You know, she she obviously respects the fact that they've come down to this planet and that this uh, little teddy bear is one of the inhabitants. So, you know, she sort of understands. Oh, we just got our first Ewok blink. Oh, oh so weird. <laughs> Do you want to explain the Ewok blinks? So, you know, obviously these are these are costumes, right? There are no such... I hate to say, spoiler alert. There are no such things as tiny bears um, <laughs> that were close. Well, uh, in the gay community uh, there are, but moving on. Yeah, I mean, different kind of tiny bears. Tiny bears. <laughs> Tiny Bears is actually my favorite West Hollywood bar. Um, and it's, it, it's not what you think. Um, but uh, this particular movie, like, they, they, so they, none of these bears blink, but one of the CGI effects they decided to do was add on uh, basically the ability for these guys to blink every once in a while. So you'll see a blink, and it doesn't quite work. It, mm. It's okay, but it doesn't quite line up the way you need it to and um i don't know if it's better or worse to have them blinking but to me it's it's a little bit of an uncali valley situation and then look at warwick davis go he's so cute he's so cute yeah absolutely um i sort of like the fact that they do i think it's just cute and like a, a nice little added thing is that they do uh but at the same time i could live without it to be honest yeah like it wasn't a thing i was thinking like do you know what would really make this sequence better if they blinked i mean I, the only thing i've ever really thought that about is um our stereo avatars oh i know, <laughs> you know I mean? um actually that is one of the things i actually don't blink which is okay for me but yes i agree we should have uh... <laughs> only on your birthday and christmas that's right. That's right. I never blink. It's very, I have very, very dry eyes. That's why if I'm ever a little bit cranky, <laughs> it's because I've been in a windstorm and I still haven't blinked. Um, I have to, I have to just, 
I stand in the shower and I just let the water drip on my eyes for hours sometimes. Wow. Well, <laughs> you and the emperor by the looks of it. <laughs> oh my god. Very dry eye. Look at very, those dry, dry eyes. eyes. So this All is right, like so a brilliant I'm... sequence. Like that throne and that sort of backdrop of the stars behind him in that circular sort of structure I just think looks absolutely incredible. Um, yeah. he very also powerful. looks super cocky and relaxed in the scene like he is like he is the definition of hubris in this movie oh absolutely and also what a great acting job for oh, old Ian no, he just looked, literally got to sit on his butt for a, a whole movie which is fantastic um, um, can I just him. real quick point out Luke's haircut is what every young boy's hair looked like in the 80s just on like it's not bad but that's just like if you went to Supercuts, you wouldn't get the Luke Skywalker. You just get the, you just get the. You, I think it was called the Supercuts boy, and that's the hair. That's yeah. the hair you would have to leave. That's the hair you would have to leave with. It was either that or a flat top. You didn't really have any choices. You either had the fat no one... hair, which was the flat top, or the yeah. uh, the young the young feathered boy cut, and that was that's what Luke. Had. If anyone um, can't boy. see, if anyone can't see what Luke looks like at the moment, he's got a sort of like. He's got a parting that's sort of fighting to come through. And yeah. then it sort of disappears in the next sequence. So he's got actually a parting that appears and disappears. And I would, would actually call say... Like a page boy. Uh, yeah. Or... <laughs> and I would actually say that um, Chewbacca has a hairstyle that a lot of young boys had in the 90s. That's in the true. early 90s. That's true. It's very alternative. Um, and also, uh, curtains, uh, I think they called it. <laughs> I okay. So one of the one of, uh, go back into all this stuff. It didn't come with the food that I remember. I could have lost that really fast. But this whole like net was also something you could get from Kenner. Oh, brilliant! Okay, so they actually went right down to the fact that you can get the same net. So basically, what's happened now, guys, is they're in the uh, the forest and they've been caught by the Ewoks in, you know, like one of those traps where they walk and they stand on the net and it goes and picks them up. And luckily, uh, R2-D2 could drill them out. Um, but, yeah, you could get that net from Kenner. That's incredible. That's, like, such a good, like, little detail, isn't it? Yeah. Now, I actually have more of a relationship with the Ewoks through the Ewok movies, because even though I didn't watch the second half of Return of the Jedi until my teens, I did religiously watch the the versions of the Ewok adventures um, a lot, actually, because we they were the one of the, I think, the only films that we had on proper VHS. Right, well, those so, are the um, ones, well I don't know what happened with them um, as far as how they were played in the UK or on BBC. Those, those movies were never real movies. They were here. They were played on like ABC Sunday night movies. So those were made for TV uh, stories that, uh, that came out that way. So they're the only ones you could really get um, at the time without having to like rent them or steal them. Right. Okay. So, but they weren't, I mean, looking at them now and we're going to look at them. Don't worry guys. These films are being released on Disney plus very, very soon. And we're going to have a little rewatch of them, but you know, obviously the budget was, was reasonable you know for to make them because they're not exactly the cheapest kind of film or endeavor to go into are they for a sunday night drama well they were weird i mean but it was star wars so i mean 
it didn't really matter. Those were going to make, you know, you, you could have made, you could have put this like the bears from star Wars, just doing the ice capades and it would have done something. So it was an interesting. kind of <laughs> Yeah. They literally just do stuff in those films. There's not much really going on if I can remember rightly, but um, this is what you were talking about. Um, I think last week when you said about uh, C3PO becoming a God of the Ewoks. So yep. um, they also quite like Chewie as well. Yeah, they so do. C3PO has just basically rescued Luke and uh, Han from becoming lunch, which <laughs> doesn't bear thinking about really, does it? Well, and I, I do like this juxtaposition because nobody really likes C3PO and especially Han Solo. So I think it's pretty funny to make him the, the boss because it's it's got to be so frustrating to be Han Solo and be like, that motherfucker. Fuck <laughs> of all the goddamn yeah. things, that annoying ass. It's like making Droid. Screech from... Say, I, no, I guess you passed away. I don't want to talk about him in a mean way. But like just putting you know that worst character, you're like, no, that guy, come on. Jared, yeah. fuck you, Jared. Yeah, no, no, no. I I know what you mean. I know what you mean. There was a, there was a, a just a little bit then. Uh, we we're in the Ewok village now, and there was a little sequence of an Ewok swinging from one hut to another. I don't remember that being in the original, so I'm assuming that, that was a an extra thing that Lucas put into the special editions. Obviously, looking at that sequence, going, what what's this missing? Oh, we're swinging an Ewok. <laughs> right. And when I say swinging, I mean swinging from tree to tree, not Literally any, uh, yeah. yeah, not any, uh, the little baby Ewoks are so adorable. The puppetry so is incredible. Really, really interesting stuff. And then, uh, yeah. Okay. Should we get through some ditties very quickly? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. While we do it, while we wait for, um, for, yeah, for C-3PO, let's do this. Hey, go my baby. What's up, Keith? How you doing? Um. That's Starburn Sadio. How's it going? Just saying what's up, stopping through for my show. Thanks, Coach. Thank you, Lovely Coach. To to see you. I love the Java sequence, you know. I actually, I went to the Star Wars celebration, uh, the second celebration in Indianapolis, and I got to uh, meet a bunch of the uh, actors that were there. And I got my, an autograph from Carrie Fisher, and she was in her slave outfit. And I still have that to this day. So, um, yeah. And then I got, um, I got like, like Chewbacca, R2-D2. I didn't want C-3PO's because C-3PO pissed me off. I asked a question during a panel, and he sat there like literally. So it was Hayden Christensen was being um, interviewed. And I was just sitting there asking a question. I said, what was it like working with Natalie Portman? So uh, uh, he, so C-3PO looks at me and then just walks away. I was so mad. I looked at my mom and said, let's go. I was so mad. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, you're not the only person that has ever said that um, Anthony Daniels is a bit of a dick. It's so weird. I, but he goes to all the things. He's kind of a dick, but he also goes to everything, right? Yeah, he goes to everything, but he's a dick. I, I think he goes there to be a dick. I'm not entirely sure. But, um, yeah, don't worry about that. I've heard a lot of people uh, say that Anthony Daniels is not the most amenable uh, person to me at conventions, which, you know, doesn't really play into his hands, you know, very well, because obviously 
people aren't going to want to meet him, which is sort of the opposite to what he goes to Comic-Con for. But, um, yeah, he's just a grumpy old man. You ignore that, Anthony Daniels. <laughs> uh, I, I like that he's a grumpy old man. I'd be a grumpy old man, too, if I've been playing a robot all this time. Nobody really knew who I was. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I mean, it makes sense to be excited to see Yoda in the prequels, but also like there was little to no Obi-Wan in the original films. I mean, he was there, but he actually dies in the very first movie. So he, he might've got less screen time than Yoda, but I'm not 100% sure on that. He definitely didn't get less time than Yoda because he was a main character throughout the first movie, or at least through about two, an hour of it. And then yeah. also, you know, he makes reappearances. Um, I think if he were to go screen time on that, he'd probably have two or three times. But you're right. It is true that he isn't really a main character in there for very long. But, you know, I, Young, to me, I, I always like this scene, by the way. We're in the scene where C-3PO is telling the story of Star Wars. Like literally <laughs> telling Star Wars story to Ewoks in, in their lang- native language. And then all of yeah. a sudden making little noises in the middle. I really love this scene. Because it's like you're. Well, like, I love. I love the um, the Ewok smoking a pipe, and I love the little baby Ewoks are literally terrified by the story that he's telling. It's so cute. Yeah. I mean, it's they adorable. Yeah, it's adorable. This sequence and uh, a real character moment, I think, for everything. It's sort of just like, you know, we've had this huge space battle. We've had the Jabba sequence. We've had you know speeders and everything. I feel like this is a really appropriate time just to pause uh before obviously we go into the final act of the movie i think it's a really nice uh sequence really nice i like it a lot me too um i do Uh, freak out a little bit because some of the ewoks feel like they have bear teeth and some of them feel like they have human teeth and i don't like the The little baby doesn't have any teeth that's no that's fine but and not all of them do but a couple of them in here look like they're just Kind of like their face doesn't really move, but and it's kind of like that one that bear that's sitting on that rocking chair there with the cane, uh, sitting behind C three PO in the scene that like can't do anything but like fake half smile freaks me the fuck out. Yeah, don't love it. <laughs> yeah, there. I mean, a lot of the budget must have gone on the Ewok costumes because they have to be so different. I mean, that's one thing you say about the Ewoks; they do look very, very different, and the way they can do that obviously is from the coloring, but you know, I would say no Ewok looks the same. No nope. two Ewoks look the same, which is good. No. I think that's a really good... Um... Except, um, there's two, the, the Jason and Randy uh, Ewok, the Sklar Ewoks do. <laughs> but they're twins. <laughs> they are. There's that whole, like, book series, comic series. <laughs> oh, my. So, um... Luke has taken a moment out of the party to have a discreet conversation with Leia. And of course, they're about to inform each other, aren't they? That uh, they are brother and sister. They're not going to mention the fact that they have, um, you know, got to first base. But we'll just ignore that, shall we? Twice. (laughs) Yes. A lot of people forget about that second kiss. Yeah, because it was on. It was. It wasn't to show off. It was a. Kiss no, it was a. It was a. Are you okay, Luke? Are you okay? Give I us a kiss. I already kissed you once. Yeah, give us a kiss. Yeah, 
And it looks like he kind of, I mean, I don't want to say this for anything, but it kind of looks like he wants to one last time. He's like, I was into it. I was into it. He also kind of, to me, he's always, especially in this particular scene in, in this movie. Did you ever watch The Dark Crystal? Oh, yes, of course. He looks, he looks kind of like a Gelfling. <laughs> he does. He's got that very pronounced sort of cheeks and, and chin. And, and kind of like very smooth pr- face. He's got I, what I would only, I can only yeah. refer to a smooth Muppet face. Yes. Absolutely. Jen, the Gelfling. That's what he looks like. Yeah, she's more she's more shocked by um, Darth Vader being his dad than her being his sister. Well, like, I mean, I would too. Like, if you if I if I told you Darth Vader was your dad, like I couldn't believe that more than I could believe like, hey, you're my sister. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, I completely and utterly didn't even. <laughs> even equate to the moment then and it was her dad too yeah. <laughs> I'm still coming to terms with this Star Burns I've only watched this a few times alright that's funny that's true <laughs> I didn't even equate to the fact that they both had the same parents but um, yeah very very interesting the sequence because I, I'm so still you know with um, Carrie Fisher there's not really much going on you know but she's just very still and she just, I, I love this sequence. Except when she says she knows she's always known. That yeah. obviously is a little bit wrong on many levels. Yeah, yeah. But far away. Yeah. And her hair's really long. Look how long her I hair know, is. I, I mean, that's how you make those bonds, man. Those weird. <laughs> wow. That is long hair from Leia there. Really, long haired Leia. It, it is so long. And in this particular scene, it almost looks like her white cloak from uh, A New Hope. It's long enough where it looks like it might be a cape. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely true. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that was. I mean, that was a kiss. He just gave her a little kiss goodbye. Because obviously at this point, they don't know if they're ever going to see each other again because he's about to go off and confront Darth Vader once and for all. And this is Han Solo entering the scene to get completely the wrong end of the stick uh, because he believes that Leia and Luke are romantically involved, which I'm not surprised, really. Like, he has seen them um, get a little bit jiggy with it in Empire Strikes Back. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. You should just tell him now. Just come out and tell him. (laughs) I can't. She can't. Well, it makes it easier. I don't know why. Like, it's one of those weird scenes where it's like, Come on, this is this is a forced storyline. This is a writer's issue. Yeah, this is like we need we need something in our back pocket for later on, like some dramatic dialogue between Leia and Han, and therefore we're going to hold back a little bit with it. And you're like, oh, okay, you could just tell her now. It doesn't make any difference to the plot whatsoever. Get through this a lot faster if you just do it that way. Just do it, and there we have no none of that awkward jealousy going on. Right, I'm going to hit a ditty very quickly because we've got a couple coming in. You can go. do the ditties if you I want to. I came here for New Rockstars podcast. Well, the whole stereo app. Um, and I ended up finding you guys. And it turns out to be sick. I'll keep tuning in. Dude, oh, thank you so much. Gordon. Glad to hear that, Appreciate man. That. Thank you so much. We love the New Rockstars guys. Um, Philip keeps texting me. Uh, and uh, and those guys keep texting me while we're trying to talk about this because they want to talk about business. And I'm like, I'm watching Star Wars. 
I'm watching Star Wars. Look at this amazing uh, model work here oh, of so the uh, 8080. It's the 8080, isn't it? That's the Yeah, I always get them confused. But the yeah, amazing STs model work. These are the two, the, the, the two-legged guys. Yeah, that's the one. We get to see a lot of them in a minute, which is great. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I love this scene. You know, Luke handing himself over to the Empire. Um, now that he knows the truth, not only about him being Darth Vader's son, but also that Leia is his sister. You know, I feel like, I mean, it's a very risky move to do that. Yeah, and it's, I mean, but it's also that smart move because, Luke knows that if he stays around and hangs out with uh, with the with the uh, with the bears and with the rest of the team, that that it's only a matter <laughs> of time before the Emperor and Vader find them just because of the link. So it's his only real play to take himself completely out of the game, but also keep him connected and close. You know, got to keep your friends close and enemies closer kind of thing. So rather than be a risk to his friends, he puts himself at risk, but it at least can be right there with. Darth Vader and uh, the Empire yeah. Emperor for the rest of the thing. Yeah, but we've, just got, we've just got. But this is where the dialogue gets cheesy. Feel it flow, but you're like, Shh. yeah. Oh, and then something pops up, and you're like, oh, what's that? Oh, it's his like, hey, um, um, interesting question just come in from one of our listeners. Uh, let me know what you think. Here we go. Why does uh, Vader not sense Leia is his daughter when, uh, in the first Star Wars? Well, episode four, I think it is. It's an interesting question. And I wonder if it's partially because she has no idea. Mm. Right? Like, it's not like the Force gives you, like, the ability to tell who you're... I, and so far, it has not proven to be able to show, like, um, like exactly who somebody is. He should, she, he should have been able to sense the force in her that you want to know the you want to know the real answer or do you want the, the canon answer the, I can tell you the real answer. Oh, go on. Give us a little bit of both. Mix it together. The real answer is Leia was not planned to be Luke's sister. There was supposed mm-hmm. to be a sister. It was not supposed to be Leia. It didn't happen to be Leia until the rewrites on top of rewrites, even in empire. It wasn't planned. That wasn't the intention. There was going to be a sister who arrives and there's this other, but it wasn't going to be her. That's the real reason. I'm yeah. sure the camp reason is, has something to do with her, her not knowing, um, but why, and, and I'm sure something else, but now, and I'll look it up while we talk. Yeah, absolutely. Because we discussed last week, didn't we, that they had a whole different uh, trajectory for this trilogy. You know, it was never meant to sort of, end with with return of the jedi it was meant to be like another sort of mystery was going to be set up for yeah. future films of who <laughs> is luke's uh, sister yeah mm. so yeah i mean they only had one option really didn't they like because she's the only like female character in it i mean look look at this we're looking now at all these characters and their leia is the only woman Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they didn't really have much choice unless they wanted um, Moth. What's the name? Moth Mothma. Moth Moth Ball. Mon Mothma. Mon Mothma. It's Mon Mama. It's like uh, it's blah blah blah. <laughs> blah blah blah. Mon Mothma. Um, yeah, they couldn't really make her Luke's sister. It just wouldn't have worked. But um, yeah, 
<laughs> yeah. Mom, mom. So here, let me just read this. This is come straight from them. So I, I was absolutely, yeah. you know, I, what I told you was right. Lucas originally planned a love triangle between Hanlan and Luke before deciding that Luke and Leia were siblings, which is made clear how they treat each other. Uh, this, uh, this change is linked to the fact that Vader didn't even become Luke's father until George Lucas realized the character has enormous, was an enormous hit. Like we've not, we've talked about that several times that yeah. those things yeah. were changed. That was not planned. All the bullshit about all that stuff being backplot was not there. At least when he wrote star Wars um, in Canon, uh, there's a book called the star, the star Wars book, the princess, the scoundrel and the farm boy, uh, Darth Vader senses the fourth was in princess Leia when he is inter- interrogating her. Uh, but princess Leia resists the probe revealing her force sensitivity. This stuns Vader. Um, but she has no idea that, um, uh, at new hope, Darth Sidious and Vader believe themselves to be the only force users left in the galaxy. Plus Vader was tricked by the emperor. Um, but, uh, Unlike Luke, who has an incredibly strong force user, Leia's force abilities were more instinctual and passive. Um, and that's why she just didn't know. Yeah. She that's didn't know it. she had the force, and she definitely didn't know she was uh uh had a brother she was gonna get get into. Oh, another wicked blink. Ah God made me jump. <laughs> wicked blink. Uh yes, the Ewoks are blinking. That could be uh <laughs> that could be a placard, couldn't it, at some sort of rally? The Ewoks are blinking. The Ewoks um, are blinking, yeah. Those, <laughs> the, it's definitely a, a David Lynchian kind of thing. I do yeah, like the this. British. See, again, these are the, these are the <laughs> things that, like, every, you know, like, when we talk about why Jar Jar was so appalling to adults, but kids kind of like it, this is a very similar thing that happened here. Adults hated Ewoks. Kids yeah. loved Ewoks. I was a kid when I watched this. This was my favorite. Star Wars movie for a long, long time because Ewoks and Child Jason. When I grew up, I realized that uh, Ewoks, <laughs> not as cool as I thought, changed my mind. But back then, that and the, the Ewoks were the jar, the, were the Gungans of uh, of '83. <laughs> with the Jar Jar of '83, guys, listeners, sending your Ewok stories. Do you have any memories of the Ewoks? Did you love them? Did you hate them? Let us know. You all know my Ewok story. They're the only Star Wars figures that survived in our house were the Ewoks because they were the only figures that we were allowed to play with in the bath. <laughs> They're so hairy, though. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, I, guess the, did... I guess the Ewok toys were all plastic. but uh, Yeah, it did block the sink a few times, but apart from that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, this is this is this really brings back memories of me. Like, really you know, those moments of um, A New Hope when they break into the Death Star. They, this has really got a flavour of that, you know, with Luke and, Le- uh, with sorry, with Han and Leia going in and having to defeat the Empire. I love I love these sequences. They sort of do hark back to the original. Um, Vader looks a bit dusty. <laughs> Is, that Is that me? No, 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 no. Vader is just, dusty. I mean, he was just on a moon, like a, a forest moon. <laughs> that sequence then with the light shining down on him, he looked like someone had forgotten to polish his helmet. That's easy, so easy. Let's easy. not go there. <laughs> easy. Easy. Um, I mean, I think, I mean, just going there, I don't want to go all the way there, but a tattoo of, uh, of a Darth Vader helmet on my helmet would be kind of funny. It kind of has the same shape. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. We've got um, a reply to our answer to the the gentleman's question a moment ago. Let's have a listen. Good answers. Uh, I didn't know that, actually. Um, another question is, um, does any of you uh, guys um, feel that the Star Wars movies are pretty empty when, when Vader is not in them? Uh, I mean... In uh, episode one, we've got Anakin, of course, and, and it's at least I'm thinking about Vader then, if you know what I mean. But after Vader uh, disappears, I become, I don't, it doesn't seem the same to me. I was just wondering if uh, anybody else th feels that way. That's a really hmm. great question for everybody. I yeah. don't disagree with you. I, 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 I'm kind of feeling that way too. I mean, that, I mean, all of this stuff was kind of built and grown around Vader, like we just talked about, like. He became his father not because it's just because Darth Vader was such a presence. He's scary. He could have been so silly. This could have been the silliest character ever. Um, and he became so scary, like, and so, like, impactful in everything he does. It's part of the reason that this movie for me isn't a disappointment by any means, but that, that but when Darth Vader be stops becoming this insurmountable evil force and is conflicted, it, I don't, it doesn't, I don't connect to it as much. Or I, it's like, I'm not quite at the edge of my seat anymore. It's not that the redemption isn't great. And when I was a kid, I loved the redemption part of the story, but it would have been nice to have an evil Darth Vader for a little bit longer. That felt like he was running shit. But what I will say is even looking at him now in the film, like looking at his like mask, you can almost tell that he's subservient. Like, I don't know whether that's just because we know it and we're projecting onto him, but in the character's stance, in the way that he moves, you can it's the tell way he kind of moves his head and looks around. Like he doesn't yeah. look confident. Like he, that. I, I mean, maybe we are putting a little bit on that, but I, I think that a lot of it has to do with this is a good actor who kind of knows how to slump his shoulders just slightly enough and kind of, you know, he's a little bit more passive. He's not active in the conversations. He kind of is sitting there listening to other people engage, which is not typical of Darth Vader. He's normally running shit. People are talking to him and listening to him. And basically the emperor pretend, acts like he's not even in the room. Like I, I pay more attention to my dog when my dog is in the room and I'm talking to my friends than the emperor is, is spending with uh, Vader right there. Yes, absolutely. He does not concentrate on Vader at all. Vader no, has well, been he, a... just, he gives him no status. Like he ignores him like, I don't know. He's the biggest, baddest dude that can just choke anybody. And the emperor is treating him like he's just there. He's just furniture. Like yeah. He's like, basically, <laughs> there's a little bit of, I mean, to be fair, it's, there's a little bit of like an S&M vibe to it, right? Like he's kind of his, yeah. sub, his sub, right? And it feels like he's a sub in that particular, in these scenes in the, um, in the Death Star. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I've never really thought of it like that. Or maybe I've not wanted to think of it like that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I can. I, can, I, can, I, I mean, can the, I mean, the, 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 uh, it's kind of a weird one, but like the, the, the Sith uh, uh, master apprentice relationship is very much a Dom sub relationship where the sub eventually kills the Dom. Yeah. Oh, we missed it. We missed it. Sorry. We'll, we'll do it very quickly. Keith Andrew 2020 standing by. <laughs> Red Fox standing by. <laughs> Big fat porker standing by. <laughs> Porkins. Porkins. If you don't, if you don't know what we're talking about, go back to our A New Hope 
watch along. The only guy who's literally a little bit chubby, and they gave him the character name Porkins. Porkins. <laughs> we almost got the other thing. The only thing's coming real quick. The uh, the the Mon Calamari again. Yeah. Like some <laughs> things have names, and some things are like, "What do you look like? A shrimp? We're calling you Calamari." Uh, yes, it's a trap. It's a trap. I mean, that's um, well, a classic line. A classic, classic. It's coming here that any line. second, but it's not quite here yet. But uh, no, this is, this is this is the this is these are fun scenes, and again, these are really great scenes. We have these space battles. We've got tons of different ships. We actually know some of the names of some of the fighter pilots, even if you don't know them because they haven't really been named in the show. If you're a fan of Star Wars, if you've been following it, if you've been reading the books, collecting the toys, kids knew who some of these characters were. So it, it felt like a big battle between a lot of like people. You kind of knew who they were, and it was it's just such a cool, fun fight. Again, I mean. It's a little bit weird that neither Han nor Chewie are in the in the Millennium Falcon. I never was a big fan of uh, of uh, of Lando's flying, but uh, mm. you know somebody's got to fly it. No, absolutely, I completely agree with you. It is very weird seeing them in there uh, without the main two. But uh, yeah, I mean, I like this again. I cannot believe calamari. I mean, come on, that's got to be sort of speciesist in some way, hasn't it? Oh, we look like a great, we look like a giant squid. So we're calamari now, are we? Yeah. Well, I mean, you I are. still think it's weird that like every single like every single person called Mando the Mandalorian guy Mando, but that's what they call indie Mandalorian. I felt like that was a bit like they made an entire slur out of of that name, and I never was a big big fan of yeah. that one either. I just want to say about that sequence just then with the Emperor sitting in the throne, sort of goading Luke. Uh, I love that lighting effect. It's just like a sort of flash of light across yeah. his eyes. It looks so menacing. And obviously, uh, I call him Ian. I don't know him, but I, he's Ian to me. Uh, the actor who plays the Emperor has got obviously got the contact lenses in and uh, just looks so effective. And here we go. We're about to... Uh, the Battle of Endor is about to begin with the Ewoks joining in. Uh, they've got some mean weaponry going on these Ewoks. Right. They've got rocks, they've got tree stumps, they've got sticks, they've got leaves. Leaves! <laughs> <laughs> they got, yeah. Well, and, you know what's funny about this, like, you know, we talk about Endor, like, you know, and you know this, I know this. This is not Endor. This is the moon of Endor. Right? But we call it the Battle yeah. of Endor. And yeah. then the only, we actually do kind of, I believe, see Endor, which is where they they're over on that water planet, right? In uh, in the mm -hmm. ninth movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And so that's, um, that that's real Endor, but it's but this is called the Battle of Endor, um, even though nobody actually ever sets foot on Endor. No, that's it, and and you know a lot of people seem to forget that that this is not Endor. You know, even the um, the movies that we're going to watch uh, later on. The Battle on, for Endor. The Battle of Endor, yeah. The, the second one. Confusing. You got this moon full of trees, and I mean, I'd rather live here. It seems like Endor is really wet. It's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, and obviously, this uh, there's a lot of foliage here because it gets its moisture from Endor. Um, I'm just, I'm just guessing. But uh, yeah, I mean, again, look at these model sequences. Um, just look fantastic. You can really tell with the special editions that they've gone over and they've really sort of um, adjusted that CSO. You know, CSO was hugely used in a uh, in TV series as well back in like sort of the seventies and eighties. It always looked really dodgy, uh, but the way that they've touched it up and 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 really brought 
you know, a, you know, those clear lines, I think, is really important when it comes to the model work. It just looks great. This is the it only really thing does. I wanted to really, them to really, touch. really does. Hey, um, I have to give me one second. I have to do a dumb quick thing and I will get right okay. back to you. I'm sorry. Just give me a sec. It's either a number one or a number two, listeners. We don't want to know. <laughs> but I'm going to play uh, a message uh, whilst Starburns is uh, doing his crazy thing. No, C3PO can be very disrespectful. He can be very disrespectful. We know you got that silver leg. Did you know that? Did you know that C3PO has a silver leg? Just asking. But yes, he has a, a silver leg, and you can be very disrespectful, sir. Don't do this. We live. <laughs> Don't come for me. Don't come for me. <laughs> That's oh, so funny. The silver leg. Oh yeah, he does have a silver leg in one of the in one of the films. He has it through the whole trilogy. Yeah, silver leg, silver yeah, leg. He had a silver uh, leg. We were, we were, yeah. We weren't talking about C-3PO as a character, even though he is a, a feisty little uh, little bugger. But uh, we were talking about the actor, Anthony Daniels, who unfortunately is not uh, the kindest. This is not an apparently. This is uh, witnessed by one of our listeners on uh, our chat today. And also uh, people that I've spoken to have said that Anthony Daniels is just not, uh, not very approachable. That's, no, that makes sense. So C-3PO, so this is one of those mandala effect things. Uh, Anthony Daniels confirmed that C-3PO always had the silver leg. Um, and it's been in all three movies. You're absolutely right. It's kind of like the red arm. And I think that's probably what J.J. Uh, Abrams was uh, doing with the red arm in, in his own little way, because he can't make an original movie, is uh, giving <laughs> him the red arm. So in like not really telling, but, but because he doesn't have subtlety, he couldn't go without, hey, you haven't seen my red arm yet. I'm sorry I changed. Like anybody wouldn't notice. Uh, but yes. Yeah. So do you know what? I've never noticed the silver leg. Oh my God. That is literally a Mandela effect on me. I've never noticed that C-3PO had a silver leg throughout the whole original trilogy. No. Oh yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's never, as far as I know, and I'm trying to see if there's anything that's changed since this, uh, there isn't any like canon uh, description of why he had uh, a silver leg, uh, uh, but most people didn't really notice it. No, it, it, it was really, it really just to make um, they, they so, um, but it was just one of those things that uh, that they did to kind of show that he's had history and been replaced, which is interesting because I think that kind of gets taken away when you re see that. Uh, you know, C-3PO has also uh, been created by Darth Vader and isn't really that old. No. No, that's it. The calamari are panicking. It's a trap. Uh, the a Death trap. Star is active. The Death Star is operational. Um, yeah, this is the huge battle. So we've got the battle on the moon of Endor and we've got the space battle going on. And obviously Luke is having his own private battle with Darth Vader and uh, the Emperor who's trying to goad him into committing a heinous act so that he will finally turn to the dark side. Yeah, isn't it amazing, just very quickly, like how much of Star Wars has sort of 
broken into our popular culture and you can make references about Star Wars, about any situation and people just get it. Do you know what I mean? Like someone will say, like if someone's done something bad, they'll be like, oh, you've turned to the dark side. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All these things. There's always a reference, just like Caddyshack. Do you guys do Caddyshack references in the UK? We don't. No, we haven't got class. (laughs) Wow. 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 (laughs) We do Monty Python references in the United States. You do, yeah. You do, yeah. I was just getting you back for that. Never any Faulty Towers references. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Talking of Faulty... Talking of Faulty Towers, did you see the whole cast of Faulty Towers just then playing Rebel Guards, it seems? <laughs> <laughs> they, were, they were obviously making the show next door and they all got... Oh, so oh, oh death this of is an so e- sad. So sad. Death of an there. Ewok. Death of an Ewok. Oh, Very uh-oh. sad. And, oh, see, this is the thing that I always thought was funny. They got this laser on this, um, this, this thing and they're using it to shoot... Uh, <laughs> I mean, they're going to use it to shoot ships here in a second, but... Uh, the Death Star, like Death Star's just shooting play, like uh, ships out of the sky at this point, which makes it even well, scarier. I well, I put it down to like it's not fully operational yet, is it? It's like only at half power. But it's so even, it no, can... but it's but it they, but it's the full power. It's the but the weapon is that's what emperor the emperor is revealing, right? Like the full mm. power of this fully operational battle station, right? Battle He's gonna say that eventually. Station. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, guys, I want to ask the listeners, are there any sort of Star Wars uh, phrases or any sort, anything from Star Wars that you use in everyday life, um, you know, to, to comment on something like a friend of mine? Like if you say if you're trying to be smart, but you're obviously not, my friend always goes, all right, Yoda. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So like just like little things like that. Are there any sort of little nods yeah. to Star Wars that you like- use? In everyday like life, as an really insult, trying, and you're like, use a force loop. Yeah, exactly. There must be some out there because people who use them all the time. So yeah. we've got Luke, who's like literally in an existential crisis right now because his friends are in danger. The Emperor yeah. is saying, "Turn to the dark side, Luke, and I will um, let your friends yeah. live." Basically, like a right, right, officer. right, um, and the whole strike me. Like this is one of the lines that make me. Like they, they they use this particular phrasing a lot in Star Wars movies, and I think it's because of the 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 scene in the first Star Wars. But it, it's just, but it may be just like a like in a hyperbole that um that gets used a lot in this particular galaxy. But the idea of mm. uh they use the phrase more than you could possibly imagine, right? Strike me down, yeah. and I'll become more possible. Uh, uh, more powerful than you could possibly imagine. But not only force users say it, I feel like if you do this, I will, you know, I will bring upon you more pain than you could possibly imagine. But a lot of people have very limited imaginations in this particular galaxy because, yes. or the, or power is very infinite um, in a lot of different ways. Although I do quite like strike you down, strike me down, you know, like, I do quite like yeah. Oh, I like that too, of... but he, he, you know, but but obviously, Very Shakespearean. Uh, Obi uses it in. Uh, I, I call him Obi because we're buds. Um, in, uh, <laughs> in a New Hope, uh, the Emperor uses it in this. Uh, Luke uses it. Uh, Mandalorian uses it. It gets. It's a phrase used throughout the entire thing. 
Um, but that, that exact, then you could possibly imagine, which I guess is just uh, a, a turn of phrase that they use a lot. Cause I don't use that very often, Keith. I don't go, uh, you know, listen to this stereo and you'll be entertained more than you could possibly imagine. Um, Do you not? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. This is one of my favorite deaths, the swing around the tree. I've used that move um, with my friend on a bicycle before and it, not really, but I've tried it. Um, I, I I constantly tell my housemate that if he touches my biscuits, I will strike him down. <laughs> don't touch I'm my constantly... biscuits. Don't touch my biscuits. Um, <laughs> so uh, what I will say is if anyone's interested, there are some uh, books out there that are basically retelling the Star Wars story, but using the language of Shakespeare. And they're really entertaining. If you like Shakespeare and you like Star Wars, boom, these are the books for you. Uh, awesome. Really, really good. Really, really um, good. So I see right here with the ATST and the logs shows one of the fundamental problems of this Walker technology that they don't really exploit very often, which is you can trip them like they are one of the three stooges. If you have the right slippery, yeah. so if you had enough big marbles in a room, you basically or in the, in the world, you could basically make all the ATSTs fall on the ground in hilarious pratfalls. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. I love that little nod back uh, in the dialogue there to Empire Strikes Back when um, when Leia, um, sorry, Han says to Leia that he loves her, and then she says, "I know." It's almost like I a, know. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Cute. Revenge, a little bit very, of revenge. Very cute. Plus, um, now that Chewie's got a fucking ATST, like the world is in balance again, and I'm happy. Yeah, boys and their toys, boys and their toys. That's right. Uh, thank you so. Just want to say a big thank you to everyone that's been sticking around with us here on uh, a Star Wars story. Please do give us a round of applause if you are enjoying the show and watching the film along with us. And the time check is one hour, just coming up to one hour fifty. One hour five zero. So uh, yeah, we've I can't believe it. We've only got twenty minutes, twenty five minutes left of the film. And that's twenty five minutes fly by and credits. So you're talking probably fifteen minutes more, fifteen minutes yeah, more. Yeah, absolutely. Do you um, got no, any comments? Great. Yeah, thank you everybody for being here. Please, Falk, mm. uh, Andrew. Um, we actually have a trivia, uh, an Ultimate Star Wars trivia. Is I think our next thing coming up, right? That's this weekend. Uh, yes, it's movie trivia. So it's a movie, movie quiz. And I've planned it out already. You know me. You know me. I've got, I know exactly what we're doing. I'll send you a WhatsApp. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. So if you love movies, uh, there is a Star Wars round. So if you are a Star Wars fan, uh, please do come along. If you're a Star Wars fan, but you feel like you know nothing, don't worry that the questions are not going to be overly uh, yeah. too difficult so that only like people like us utter geeks yeah. can answer yeah. there's going to be three different are, are levels a, of are a lot of caddyshack questions i assume um there will be uh um yeah yeah okay yeah sure. <laughs> it may no be the last round questions. it may be the last round we might we might unfortunately get cut off before we get to the last round but i'm sure that we could arrange that but yes, thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. We've got, obviously, um, from next week, we're doing the um, new trilogy, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, and then and then we're going to be watching the Ewok movies. And then, of course, like our big sort of hurrah 
is going to be uh, on the 4th of May. May the 4th be with you, uh, which is Star Wars Day. Looking forward to that very, very much, Lee. So um, let's get back to Return of the Jedi. It's all doing that thing, isn't it, where it's sort of... Um, I always feel like this film is a bit like a, a musical number, you know, and we're right. really building up to the crescendo now. And, you know, we've got all of our, all of our heroes are in trouble. Um, right. You know, how are they going to get out of this? And, um, yeah, we're coming to that part of the film now. Yeah. And, well, we're kind of at that turn. We got the battle. Like, now we've got everybody taking over. So this is the part where the good guys have their chance, right? We've gotten through the, the, your friends have no hope, right? Which is another thing about this. Like, without the hope, everybody dies, right? And so, your friends are hopeless down there. And then (laughs) they found him. And then this part is really interesting because it's a lot of seeking fight. Darth Vader's just, like, looking for Luke underneath, like, I, what I can only imagine is like the empire emperor is right above him. He's just like in the, in the sub basement, like, woo. Right. I want to say something about this. Those, this design, look at those panels going down to those sort of consoles at the bottom. You tell me that that doesn't look like the TARDIS console. Oh, you're, yeah, I mean, I, you're absolutely right. A hundred percent. I feel like someone may have gone to the BBC uh, props department and said, can we borrow some stuff for Star Wars? And they've gone, yeah, we've got some stuff over here. They they really do look like the TARDIS console. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just a lick of paint. It's always kind of funny. <laughs> uh, this doesn't have anything to do with Star Wars. Once upon a time, I was a game designer and developer, and uh, one of the games that I was working on, we hired Weta to do a bunch of designs oh, yeah. for us. And it was right after the return of, not the return of the king, it was right after the two towers. Okay. And um, so we, you know, we're, so we're talking like circa 2002, 2003, somewhere in there. Right. Maybe a mm-hmm. little bit later, but not too much. And uh, so we paid them all this money to do all this exploration. And they're coming back with our different factions with an RTS game. Um, so it was all like, you know, you had like the humans and the aliens and like, there's this other, you know, the, the, the kind of synth characters. And so there's just a bunch of these factions for this RTS. And so we're paying Weta all this money and they come back with some designs um, that were cool, but there's this, this big chunk of designs for the aliens and they looked exactly like ogres from, uh, from the, from the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Cause they were the same guys that created all those. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, guys, guys. And they're like, Oh yeah, we see what we did here. It's like, you've been drawing them too long. We need to stop. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, you, you can't help it. If there's a great design out there, you know, they always say steal from the best. Yeah. You especially know, so. when from yourself. Oh, really? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> where we see, um, you know, we just hit the scene where um, Luke really went, he went ham on Darth Vader and like cut off mm. his arm, but this is, and, and really went attacking him and you see this power, but this is also where you start, you know, again, Darth Vader is kind of like on his last leg. You see that he's kind of robotic you kind of wonder what happened this and you know that um that uh that you know we know that Anakin lost his arm kind of twice um yeah and uh and this is the scene but this is also the scene where Luke goes eh I'm I'm not I'm not that bad you can't you can't trick me I'm no I'm no fool I always think that Luke is like having a flashback a little bit to that sequence in the cave on Dagobah at that point you know, when he's yeah. chomping away and he cuts the arm off and he looks back at his own hand. Remember that dream sequence that he has with oh, that, yeah, that mirage? Absolutely. You know, he's seeing yeah. himself in um, Vader. So therefore, I think that that sort of happens again. And he realizes, 
no, I this is not the path that I'm going to take. I'm going to change it. And that's why he ultimately makes that choice. And I think that that, that sequence in Empire, um, obviously we mentioned it that, you know, maybe when that sequence was put in the film, it didn't have the connotation of that Vader was Luke's dad. But looking right. at this scene, I think that it, it, that scene does have greater prominence within the yep. trilogy. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I, I really is, like that little, that little hark back. A hundred percent. And so this is, okay, so now we're at that point where um, where the, the Emperor's like, all right, I'm not fooling no more. I'm not worried. <laughs> and then we see, this is the very first implementation of Force Lightning. So this is a new power that the four, nobody's ever seen. So now when they say you don't know the power of the dark side, what you know it means is like I got I got electric fingers. Yeah, I wonder where it comes from. Like it doesn't even rub his hands together first, you know, like with stuff. No, it, it, it just comes you, you don't see it, but he's wearing some very fuzzy slippers underneath that robe. And he's just <laughs> rubbing his feet along the bottom of the carpet. Yeah. Oh my goodness. They must have hours of fun with the Emperor, like doing that balloon trick where your ha- hair stands on end. <laughs> you can do it like right now. Somewhere down in like the sub, you know, like floor four hundred and forty-four, where they keep the uh, the 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 Empire Nursery, all the yeah. balloons are just stuck to the wall, and every, <laughs> all the kids there is just sticking straight up. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I wonder if um. I wonder if the Emperor does target practice, like whether he has like, right. you know, like lots of sort of um. I don't know. Maybe Ewoks lined up. Just goes just like we just point at him. Yeah, I can just see him like laying down and like just shooting, like 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 just shooting electricity at like little points in his wall. So I'm, I got you. Yeah, I got you. That yeah. <laughs> that's definitely how he turns the light off at night before. Yeah, it's like it's like, yeah. a, it's like a clapper. Oh right. Oh wait. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Here we Don't go. Got his change of heart. He's like, "Don't hurt my babies." Yeah. And, and this is down. new. This is where, and we, we kind of skipped over it. This was where the second Infinite No was at a certain point. They removed it, I no. believe. But he did another mm. No right here um, while he's waiting. But then he throws the Emperor down there, which we now know does not kill him all the way, um, but does put him in a pretty bad spot. Um, where he yeah. goes and how he explodes and how he gets there, I think is explained somewhere. But I don't care enough about the Emperor anymore. To look it up because I don't want to believe that that's really canon, and I'm still having a hard time <laughs> that the emperor comes I've, back from this. I just noticed also that uh, when Vader throws the emperor down, mm-hmm. he gets a bit of re- of the reflection from the the lightning, and you can see sort of the exoskeleton underneath uh-huh. the helmet. That's yep. been redone for the special edition. That looks yep. so much better. It looks. Like I love that effect. You know what I like about this movie also is the the sword fight isn't the end of the movie, right? I don't mean to 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 minimize the impact of the Darth Vader Luke Skywalker story, but I really am glad that they used the ships and this this these particular scenes to kind of end this and make it about the entirety of the the thing, as opposed to kind mm-hmm. of in the, you know, we'll get to this in the the new ones where it's like once Ray like decides like the ending is really about Ray, and. Uh, and all that stuff, kind of ending that stuff. Um, whereas this one, you still got, you still have the like this big climactic scene inside the center of the uh, inside the center of the Death Star, um, because this is about the rebels, you know, the whole story, yeah. and 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 overcoming the Empire, not 
just the singular story of the Darth Vader Luke relationship was important, but also doesn't you know cap the cap the climax. Now more things go on there, obviously, but like the death of the Emperor is not the end of this movie. No, no, and, and, and I will say be. this, and I will say this though, and this is quite um, ironic, I think that the amount of people that I've tried to get to watch Star Wars that just refuse to watch it think that all Star Wars is, is this. Yeah. Just the scene. You know, yeah, basically this, you know, like spaceships flying through space, shooting things. That's all that they think it is because they see the title, obviously, Star Wars. They just think it is this. They completely and utterly don't um, believe that there is any vestige of a, sort of family emotional core to the story they just see pew 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 and robots and things that's literally like the description which is sad it's sad and and i'm sure that there's people listening to this now that have tried to get you know partners or family members or friends to watch star wars but they just blatantly refuse because they think it's just you know pew 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 laser fights and things like that but it's really i want to see you with my own eyes just once yeah um, now is there any I'm reason canon wise that you know of why luke's in black because like the jedis don't traditionally wear a lot of black no i just think it's probably uh well he wore it to oh, i don't do you know what i don't know i think it's just was it the uniform that they were all wearing i think it's the it's what was underneath the the shawl and stuff that they were wearing on end on the moon of endor so I think it's well, just I think it's undergarments rather than actually like wearing black. If that makes sense. If you look, why? Oh, oh, look at him. He doesn't. He doesn't mm. look near as scary. as another. He looks. Like, he just looks like a sad old man with like a weird blade cut and like like almost like fish gills under his left eye. But I do love this yeah. scene. Um, yeah. You know, the, if yeah. you if you type in why does Luke in um, in Google, like the fourth thing is wear black. Oh, okay. Um, it doesn't really give you a really good reason. Um, it basically is to represent how close he was to falling to the dark side. Mm. That's the way they did it for the movie, but it, um, but that's that doesn't necessarily um, explain why they did it. Uh, like the reality of it, I think that's a uh, that might be part of it. Yeah, this is a really sad sequence. Like uh, Darth Vader's removed his helmet because he wants to look at Luke with his own eyes for the last time and uh, and now has died. And it's like, it is it is sad, but at least he got the redemption at the end, you yeah, know. He did. It's quite hard to watch this and tie it back to the prequel trilogy, isn't it? Do you, do you feel that? Do you feel it's like, not a stretch, but do you feel like, do you feel that that connection is easy to see or do you, do you not? Honestly, no, I just don't think they did a great job of creating that balance in the, in the prequels in a way that felt real. Like, and I, it has a lot to do with Hayden, to be honest with you and his performance, but more so George Lucas's way of kind of depicting what he saw as important to that relationship as opposed to what was. And I think, I mean, I honestly believe that Lucas got too caught up in his, he, he, he kind of got too, too caught up in the technology to remember the human story. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think the limitations of this original trilogy work in its favor because you, you have mm-hmm. to believe more in the characters to believe in the world. 
And mm-hmm. I think that, that that is really, really important. Yeah. Um, right. Yes. So, uh, yes, Lando has made that fatal shot to the new Death Star and it's about to explode. <laughs> this is another one of those... Yeah, the, the good, so, <laughs> I'm never sure about the guy sitting next to him because he just reminds me of like a Kermit, like a like Ralph the dog from uh, the Muppets. For some reason, yes. he's got a guy like this full face that moves open and down like a Cookie Monster, not so much like yeah. an alien or, in a, or a human in a, in a in in makeup. It's always just a weird character for me. I've never been a huge fan of him. Um, he I makes a return why. in the uh, in the sequel trilogy. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Um, yeah. Oh yes. How old is Darth Vader? We we sort of discussed it, I think, last week, but we said that he was probably in his late fifties, didn't we? Early sixties. Yeah. Um, how? How? Let me ask again, because he was. It's, it's got to be kind of in his fifty. How? How? How old was? And um, forty-five. Forty-five. He's forty-five when he died. What? When he? I mean, he looks older than forty-five. I'm not saying he does not moisturize. No, I mean, <laughs> he doesn't get a lot of sun on his face, um, and I'm sure he That's doesn't true. have That's true. Yeah. Although he does have some spa treatments. We saw that in the last film yeah. when he had he his does, helmet. He taken. does do a little bit of Baca. Baca cleanse. <laughs> love that. I love this sequence as well. It's sort of solidating uh, Han and Leia's relationship. She's just told Han that uh, Luke is her, her brother. And it's almost like, ah, oh, the relief on his face is palpable, isn't it? He's like, oh, oh my yeah. God. He's but then so there's, also, there's also that moment of questioning, which I do honestly do believe that, that when he's doing that moment of questioning, he's actually thinking, yeah, but you fucking kissed him in the, in the last film. That's What's right. going on? I um, honestly do believe that that is uh, definitely hard questioning. He, he is kind of a, like a, he does kind of have a fragile male ego though, right? Like she literally mm. goes to Tatooine, saves him. Like, who are you? Someone who loves you. Like, literally, like, all the time. And he's still like, but why are you so nice to Luke? Like, he's kind of a bitch. A little yeah. bit. Like, he's kind of got, like, a fragile solo ego. He's and definitely I know he got, got... left and his girlfriend turned on him. And that, in that stupid <laughs> movie. And Felicity's like, I'm done with you. But whatever, man. Like... <laughs> Khaleesi's like, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm going off on my own with Darth yeah, Maul. Well, here's all our little <laughs> celebration scenes. I think they return Yubnub back into this movie eventually, but this is where we get to see Yub-Nub. some of these, these shots that were kind of developed specifically, I believe, to connect them yeah. to the prequel tri- tri- trilogies. So we see... So, this is Mos Eisley. Yeah. I believe this is... We've had Cloud City. We've got Mos Eisley. See- this is Naboo. Is, we've got Jar Jar. Can we see him? No, he's a Thumbs clown. We've got <laughs> Coruscant. Coruscant. Uh, croissant. Croissant. Uh, we've got Croissant. Which, which is some, for some reason's got, like, it's very high up there, but for some reason they had figured out a way to shoot uh, ticker tape up from the sky. Yeah. <laughs> and they're not socially distancing, which is really panicking me now. <laughs> And then we've got the Ewoks all dancing. So there's fireworks there, but I feel like in the original, there were um, those were the explosions of like the ships and stuff. But yes. now got fireworks. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right, actually. I don't think they were fireworks. I think they were like the, the remnants of the space battle. 
And this is and this where the, there's one of those darker scenes where the guy's like playing the helmets of all the people he's murdered, which is fucking yes. dark if you really think about it. It's a cool scene, but like one of the he <laughs> is like, I killed you, you're gonna be a drum. I killed you, you're gonna be a drum. I killed you, you're gonna be a symbol. Yeah, so the only pilot there, or the main standout pilot, that's Wedge, and that's Ewan McGregor's uncle in real life. That's crazy. That's so the one that Luke's shaking hands. That's not the original Wedge Antilles from the first one. A new Wedge. A new Wedge. Yeah, they wedged him into the role. uh, (laughs) Wedged Wedged into the role. But uh, here we go. Here it is. The um, let's have a look. Let's have a look. There it is. Oh, Hayden. Oh. So uh, this is the sequence where we get to see the three ghosts of people that Luke has lost. I mean, what's that look about? That's like, he's either trying to seduce us or he wants to kill us. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I'm here and I'm nice now. What's funny? I love that. Yeah. Oh, I love that final sequence. Directed also, by I love the music. Screenplay like by Lawrence Kasdan, who helped write uh, the the Return of the Jedi, and also helped write uh, 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 Force Awakens. Um, very important to the whole thing. What wrote the best movie, and also helped bring do the the comeback movie, which we'll get to next week. Um, okay, so I got we can run through a couple messages, but I have a meeting um, that I'm gonna have to get to in ten minutes. I love everybody here. But no worries. I, I want to respect those the, your guys' messages. We love having you. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us for this for the length of this. Those that just jumped in, we're just we're talking yeah. a little Star Wars, and uh, yeah, we really appreciate all of you. Let's hit the ditty. The guy that looked like Mon Mothma was Jandodana. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> Jandodana. <laughs> the guy that looked like Mon Mothma, blah 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 blah, um, was. <laughs> That's hilarious. A Star Wars story. The Return of the Jedi. Let me tell you a story about a Skywalker who thought he could defeat the power of the dark side. Stay well, good friend. And we shall meet. Again. Jay Ooh, Beasley wow. giving me the chills, dog. That was awesome. Yeah. That was awesome. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. Gave me the chills. Amazing. We are the e- Ewoks from the planet with that's a forest moon, some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Ewok cartoon. Yeah, love that. Hey, it was Thank always you. my understanding that George Lucas and his plan was to have um, the first three, first ones for kids, second one's a love story, and third one, that's for all, that's for the guys. <laughs> you know, um, They're like, guys love the bears. Bear, maybe he read that somewhere. He is, you know, he's based out of San Francisco. He could have totally misread guys love bears. <laughs> But then leveled it out with Leia in a in a gold bikini. So that yeah, was that's fun. Fair. That's fair. Thank you, Mark, <laughs> I, and thank you for the song. Appreciate you. Beautiful. Yeah, that brought back some memories. Thank you. Oh, and I also feel a little bit uh, guilty with myself, uh, kind of ashamed, but uh, for, for Vader to be such an evil 
uh, creature, an evil person, evil thing. Um, but I, I don't want any harm to come to him whatsoever. I always want him to, to come out tops. It is an interesting situation because he's such a cool character and he's such a badass. He can choke people through the television. Like, he literally has the power to, like, <laughs> talk to you on the phone, and if he doesn't like what you have to say, choke you while you're talking. But you don't want to – I agree with you. You don't want anything too bad to happen to him, even though he's such an evil monster, because he's that cool. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Yeah, Good I think it's that thing of pe- people we love to hate, isn't it? You know, like, we villains, we, we love to hate people, and therefore, when harm comes to them, we're like, no, we love them, but we hate them at the same time. I think it's a very yeah. human thing. Yeah. Welcome to a Star Wars story. The Return of the Jedi, with your hosts, Star Burns Audio and Keith Andrew 2020s. They will bring you to the other side of the galaxy. Tune in now, or feel the power of the dark side. Oh, oh. I can't wait wow. to copy this down and save that and make that my ringtone. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much. You've got an amazing voice. Fantastic. Isn't it hilarious in the uh, documentary when it shows uh, Prowse with it using his real voice and he sounds something like, You were part of the rebel alliance and a traitor. Take her away. <laughs> <laughs> when he's actually a Bromay. Take her away. He's actually from Birmingham. He's a Bromay. So they they changed it because he he speaks like that. It's really boring if you come from Birmingham. So uh, that's the reason why they changed it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Hello, how are you guys doing tonight? I'm Bree um, from Bree's Empire. So just stopping in to say hey. You're, you're from the Empire, Bree. <laughs> just from the Empire. Fair enough. Fair enough. The Rise of Skywalker. This is what your review is going to be for every scene. Crap, 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 crap. Starburns, what do you think of that? Crap. That's what's going to happen. Sorry, people. I had to get that one in there. You never know. We might surprise you. To be fair, Rishi, I pretend to prefer the word shit. So, <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right. We got a couple left. Here we go. Have you guys seen The Mandalorian? Yeah, yes. we have, but you seem a bit ickle. Sorry, hey, Bella. Is my favorite, uh, but Baby Yoda is 50 years old or something, and he can be in here because he's about that age. Nicholas, we appreciate you. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. But. Same time. Yeah, same right. time. Oh my god, I love Shakespeare and I love Star Wars. I'd actually love to see <laughs> like a Shakespeare in the park collaboration with Star Wars characters or like a Shakespeare meet Star Wars back to the future type thing or maybe like a time warp thing. Um, yeah, that'd be great. What a great suggestion, Keith Andrews. I hope you're well. Um, and happy Tuesday. What's up, guys? Thanks, Susie. 
Thank you very much. Yeah, Thank you me. can get the books on on in anywhere. They're like just type in Star Wars Shakespeare. They are really interesting. We just got one more Starburns and then we are done. Here we go. I know you guys are leaving soon, but I've literally never watched Star Wars ever in my entire life. And Stereo put me on to you guys, and I don't know. Maybe I'll watch Star Wars. This was fun to listen to. You guys Bug. are awesome. Bug, that makes me happier yeah. than anything I've ever heard in my whole life. Bug, I will read if you will. If this gets you to watch Star Wars, I will rewatch Star Wars with you in a group. I, DM me, and we will watch it together. I will. We'll do a group watch on Disney. I am so happy to hear that. That makes me excited. Yeah, absolutely. Add me to that group watch too, because I do not mind going back and rewatching them again. Because even though we have watched them, um, we've just been seeing the pictures. I'd actually, you know, be quite nice to listen to some of the dialogue at some point. But uh, um, yeah, well, that's it. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you so much. Give us a clap if you've been here from the beginning. Uh, I just want to quickly do a little, uh, have a look and see if you guys have been here uh, from from time timestamp dot. That'd be quite cool. <laughs> and um, also next week, Obviously, come and join us. Uh, we will be doing uh, The Force Awakens. Uh, I know that you are incredibly excited about this, uh, Starburns. <laughs> I am excited to talk about these next ones. I think that this is where this is where we could start really arguing um, on the internet, and I am excited to be here uh, for it. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and also, yeah, I was going to say, also don't forget at 9 o'clock on Saturday, we are doing our ultimate stereo movie quiz and there will be star wars questions so if you are a geek like us please do pop along and take part because it's going to be epic it'll be loads of fun i'm looking so much for i'm looking so much forward to it see i'm already talking (laughs) keith andrew it's been a blast everybody out there if you're not already following mr keith andrew 2020 oh thank you you better be doing it thank you all for being here um we're really excited um and don't forget uh, the the stereo awards are coming up next week. Uh, make sure you get your nominations. Ooh, vote for us for doing that stuff. And uh, vote for us, y'all. Yeah, vote for us. Yeah, and um, vote for us, and we will watch a, a Rise of Skywalker in three weeks. <laughs> yeah, and, and eventually, uh, vote for us, and eventually, uh, you will also. I'll make Keith Andrew watch Caddyshack as our very final movie. Um, <laughs> i love you everybody yeah. thank you so much for being here we'll see you next week yeah may the thank force you. Be with you see you next week may the force be with you take care bye bye thank you so much for joining us here at the films i love most podcast live don't forget you can get involved on facebook instagram and Twitter and if you want to send us an email with any suggestions or recommendations you can send those to film I love most podcast at yahoo.com thank you very much and I hope that you join us next time here at the films I love most podcast